it is time to tune up the band and get all the glitz and glamour of an award show because it's time for another award-nominated Sweet Chinwag podcast. <laughs> Second place, baby! We are, we are, yes, the fully minted. <laughs> We're going to milk it for award all it's worth. Nominee. Absolutely. <laughs> Second place, Sweet Look, Chinwag we, podcast. We have, we have people here who do music and people who here who do film, right? <laughs> We've all seen actors and like um, music artists do it, where like they release their new album and then they say like uh, the Grammy nominated. You see, Damn. even if they haven't won it, they still got nominated. They're putting that on their albums. That's good enough for us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We're totally not having delusions of grandeur. Anyway, my name is Sam. I am We're coming for you inside the ropes. <laughs> We're coming for all of you. Are you sh- uh, I was going to say, we at the Sweet Chinwag are not coming for Kenny Macintosh whatsoever. No, I'm Sam, joined as ever by Dan and Reardon. I would say, how are you, gents? But I think it's safe to say we're all pretty damn chuffed with how that all turned out. Now, over, I mean, this is just enough to say we're starting 2021 and looking back on 2020, we are already over the moon with everything. Yeah. This at is least in relation damn... to this. <laughs> Yeah, this is a damn good start in relation to this. Happy New Year, everyone! <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Just a reminder for all those people out there thinking, listening to us and thinking, like, maybe I should start something like this. Uh, here's our tip. If you go into it with literally zero expectations, you can only go up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was I, The only expectation I ever had was that probably one of my family members would listen to it out of sympathy. But yet, here we are, several months deep in... And it still blows my mind the 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 success we have had. Dude, someone say Kurt Angle rookie year. Exactly, we are now mm-hmm. officially Eurocontinental champions of podcasting. No. <laughs> <laughs> so as ever, we give you this podcast thanks to the lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts. Pending as always on other platforms. So. This is this episode is all about uh, the year in wrestling that was 2020, the 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 relative dumpster fire that was 2020. But before we get on with that, man, we've got a lot of ground to cover since we were since we were last on. So with that, it is time to head over to Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dan 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 dan. Wrestling news. The first of 2021. Nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, so obviously we have a lot to cover because technically our our last episode before this was done the week before or maybe the weekend of um, yeah, TLC. Mm. So we're not going back that far because too much stuff has already happened from them. We're just going to look at this week. Yes of Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, because otherwise we would be here for about two hours. Hmm. Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> yep. People here don't want to hear us laboriously go through every single episode of Raw that have happened in like the last four or five weeks. <laughs> Randy Orton right set um, something on fire. Next week, Randy Orton set something on fire. Because <laughs> I can tell you, that it wasn't that much fun going through them myself. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. let's 
Okay, let's start off. Uh, and obviously, this Raw uh, was Legends Night. Um, oh, what wow, Reaction. As it should have. Because normally, Legends Night comes with the connotation of, ah, yes, there are now people who have come to make other people look like idiots. Yes, yes. Uh, although I think the problem a lot of people have with uh, this edition was that they were just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. In the background. Constantly. So, you know, during, you know, unprecedented... Well, I'll, I, will, I will take that media spin word, unprecedented times. What's a better way than to cram a bunch of people past and present in the world of wrestling and cram them all in the same uh, in, in the same arena? Because that sounds like a great idea, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, look, at least we got the one thing that is always, always certain on a Legends night when they when WWE do this. We got an appearance from the Boogeyman. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out, may 2021 be the best year for the Boogeyman. Nothing <laughs> but say, love for that dude. I say that, right? Yo, the Boogeyman is in killer shape. He is! For a man in his late 50s, damn, he is in good shape. Apparently, he's workout buddies with Bobby Lashley as well, so that kind of... Oh, I believe that. I would believe that. Like, dude is jacked. (laughs) Like, how does he he fit under people's beds with those muscles? (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's. That's why he's promoted. I'm trying trying to scare the families, but I'm too hench. (laughs) Yeah, I can't get into the closets to scare them. That's why he promoted from kids' bedrooms to a wrestling ring. (laughs) But no, there is a lot of confusing things I found with this raw. Um, I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot of news outlets have, have talked about it, but I think um. The main thing, or the main couple of things, were, um, were yeah, as you said, some of the of some of the promos and backstage things of them just simply being there was was confusing enough as it was. But I think the end, the ending of Raw was incredibly the, confusing. The ending of Raw was incredibly confusing. But let's go over some other stuff before we get there. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, so first thing that was quite confusing for a lot of people was that. Missy James was appearing as a legend when she literally wrestled on Raw in, I think, September or October. Yes. Um, as an active roster member. I, 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 We're just going to choose to ignore that and just assume they're being like, she may still wrestle, but she's still a legend. Remember when she came back to a lot of a lot of um, hype and ovation when she went up Ooh. against Asuka uh, at TakeOver Toronto, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Mm. And now, just like... She's just there. She was a women's title match against Oscar at a pay per view, and then it turned out it wasn't. It was going to be Lana. Yeah, I just is this is this punishment for her being married to Nick Aldis? I just I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't get it either. I don't want to believe so, but I mean, I don't put it out of the realms of possibility. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that was one thing that really kind of stuck people up so i'm going to talk about one of my personal favorite matches of the night and one of my favorite segments the aj styles versus elias match <laughs> which i'll be honest it wasn't great 
but it was pretty good. And it had one really funny moment at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that match had the really kind of cool moment where all of a sudden AJ Styles fought almost was about to kick him in the head and the next thing you know he's ducked out of the way and then almost has kicked a guitar out of Jackson right his hand. Uh, I... So I like that they're slowly introducing almost in. Hmm. I'm still kind of I'm still not a hundred percent sure on the pairing of Styles and Omos because I, I don't know, it, it just it, they both kind of seem very out of place with one another. But that being said, um Styles is doing his best to make it work. And credit to the yeah. guy where credit is due. Absolutely. I mean, like, to be fair, it hasn't ever really made sense to me. Mm. And I'm still kind of unsure on where I sit with it because I don't necessarily know what it's doing for either of them. Mm. But, I mean, I guess if, it, if it's their way of, like, slowly getting him ready to be in the ring and have him as a presence so people can see him, then I don't know that I'm necessarily against it, but mm. I kind of like the slow introduced involvement that he's having. Yes. I just hope that he is, that he is more uh, Big Show than he is Giant Gonzalez when he eventually yes. gets in the ring. <laughs> uh, this just in. Ric Flair does stuff because? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, look, there, there, there's a lot to take out of that out of that match, whether or not it is a Peyton Royce's bump. <laughs> what is it with Ric Flair interfering in women's matches and then kind of and, being a randy old man about it as well? <laughs> I mean, Flair just I mean, deciding. It's just like it's just like that stick figure meme where it's just like, hmm. Today I will interfere in a match for no reason. It's the guy looking really smug. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry, guys, but um, two words for Ric Flair going into women's matches: Space Mountain. A, a woo, indeed. <laughs> woo. <laughs> but um, very confusing as as reports have come out that the whole uh. Uh, sequence of events where Ric Flair kind of uh, took the feet under Charlotte. It was supposed to be Peyton that he did that to, or something of, of something or other. Well, I, well, I can only assume it must. Have, it, surely it had to have been Lacey. Yeah, it's I, I because I can only assume that he just saw two blonde women in the ring and was like, well, "Which one's my daughter and which one isn't?" Oh no. <laughs> That's all I can assume because, like the entire when it happened, they all look really confused. Yes, <laughs> I'm trying my best not to do my Ric Flair impression to be uh, right now, but oh, it's very worry. hard. You'll have, you'll have another, you'll have another chance at a classic wrestler impression once we get to NXT. Yes. Um. But yeah, it, it was just really, really confusing, and I really didn't get where where they were going with mm. it, what it was meant to achieve. And like I said, the the big thing that came out of that again, you know, you can say like Asuka is starting to become the side person in her own feud <laughs> again. Um, <sighs> you know, it really looks like they're just starting to be like, haha, yes, Charlotte, that's our entire women's division. <laughs> Yay! Again, uh, <laughs> and look, 
And this is coming from a man who absolutely loves Charlotte Flair. So yeah. look, listen to what you're doing, WWE. You're making an uber fan of Charlotte Flair even more exasperated over the fact that Charlotte Flair is the women's division. It, it, I mean, it's just that it's just that same thing that uh, people have been saying from before. It, it's just that thing of overexposure that I think is 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 killing it for some people. And that's crazy when you, especially when you think Charlotte Flair has been gone for a while, and not even like a few weeks back, and everybody's already ex- yeah, <laughs> exactly like, oh, this again. <laughs> Why um, do you do this, WWE? I mean, I mean in, the, in the same vein as um, with where we are in terms of the women's division, uh, I still have no idea where Shayna Baszler is meant to sit in this whole thing now. Oh. Um, yeah, she had a match with Dana Brooke that was kind of, honestly, kind of nothing. Hmm. Uh, and it, it's just, it's just kind of strange to be her to be to see her sitting in this kind of position really yeah um it, it's kind of hard to to know what to take out of it mm. um agreed you know again they have the women's tag titles and we'll maybe have more developments on that coming forward mm. but it just kind of seems like they're holding the titles out of principle <laughs> <laughs> That's all like I they're holding that. them because they're because they're holding them. It's not like anyone's really challenging for them. Hmm. Well, I guess it would be Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, but so hmm. far it's just Dana Brooke. <laughs> God. Uh, still, though, I mean, just to go even, just to go even further on. Uh, they've introduced some tension with the Hurt business. I'm just going to say this, is just stay as far away from the, even the concept of deciding to do any kind of breakup or division between them. I swear to God, if they start doing Hurt Business Hollywood and Hurt Business Wolfpack, oh, oh man, I'm going to have serious words with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> because like, they, they just need to stay away from that. Yeah. There, there's, there's no value in that. You can no. introduce tension between people and have it like, oh, Cedric wants to go for the US title now, or whatever. No, or Cedric it. doesn't want to be stuck doing tag matches anymore, but like, they shouldn't be even thinking of, like, we should break up this group. They yeah. Shouldn't come yeah, I mean, especially the fact that they not, they're not even not even a year into it, um, it, it, that it boggles my mind. And especially considering, I think a lot of us in wrestling would agree that they were one of the best things going in WWE last year. They were one of the few things that kept Raw going. Yeah. So why break them, Vince? Oh, no. They they got by by sheer osmosis and fan reception. We gotta break them up. I don't. I, I genuinely don't know. Uh, I mean, again, rolling on again, one of the things that was going around the internet like hotcakes was uh, Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy being called out for spot recycling. <laughs> oh, the uh, the the uh, the loop the the ear loop thing again. No, no, it was the uh, the twist of fate. Oh gosh, yeah, I've, that but that part as well. But I don't know what is it. I mean, Randy Orton does have a does have quite an obsession with Jeff Hardy's earlobes. Yeah, he did that. He did that one. He did that one moment before, and was like, yeah, hmm. I think I will make a signature spot out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody 
bloody crazy. Hey, at, <laughs> yeah, at least it makes the rest holds interesting. <laughs> it's different, I can say that much. The Randy Orton patented ear loop rest hold. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't take the fact that, it, that, it's, that it's clapped. <laughs> but, like, it is different. Uh, and this is just, again, to say Mustafa Ali had a fantastic promo, but unfortunately it was on Raw Talk, so basically no one saw it until it got put on Twitter. Yeah. And I'll be yeah. honest, I'm just kind of tired of it. I am, I am very, very sick and tired of the WWE's treatment and booking of Mustafa Ali because it's like are they doing this deliberately or are they to kind of get us to be impassioned about Ali or is this they they is this one of the, another case of yet another case of creative having nothing for you I don't know anymore with WWE I don't know man <laughs> Who knows at this point, frankly? Oh man, true, very true. Um, well, let's let's move up on to NXT, uh, and obviously the big thing of NXT is that uh, the story that developed out, which was that there was due to be an NXT call up to main roster, which was which was eventually nixed, which was that Damian Priest was meant to come up and start getting involved in the Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns feud as Kevin Owens' best friend. To which both, I believe, Owens and Roman were like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> well, Kevin Owens was reportedly just like, well, why would he? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's so why? out of character of Priest to be doing that because there's been no, there's been no mention of a history between them two. Yeah, they haven't established anything to give an indication of that. <laughs> Like, let alone the fact that Priest is also currently just in the middle of a feud with Karrion Cross. <laughs> Which, by the way, good match at New Year's Eve oh, between those exactly. two. Um, all in all, I really enjoyed New Year's Evil. Um, yeah, no, New Year's Evil was pretty great, I have to say. Keep Metalik on NXT. Please. Keep Metalik on NXT, he's yeah. been fantastic in their cruiserweight division yeah this is the metal leak we saw in the cruiserweight classic yeah um it was so amazing when he won against redacted <laughs> sorry i should laugh at that but <laughs> oh, no, no, he, he's, he's been fantastic and they're, they're really getting the best of them uh on there so if he can just stay there and you keep doing what he's doing and add to an already strong growing cruiserweight roster yes um what else was there zia lee returned in quite impressive fashion may i add yeah no <clears throat> really 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 strong return obviously the match was just against whoever <laughs> someone who uh, kind of looked like candy floss but actually wasn't candy floss <laughs> who was nah. the one who was the one that got in trouble in like triple a uh oh sexy star yeah i mean what she looked like her <laughs> <laughs> uh what else did we have yeah no no uh, had, a, had a strong return mm. uh we had ripley versus gonzalez which just solidified my belief of more past women's matches uh gonzalez is i think 
pretty much approaching the point where she could take over from Ripley should Ripley leave NXT. Yeah. A great last woman standing match. Uh, actually, I, I'm not a fan great. of the cons. I've never been a fan of last man standing matches, but I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed this one. Really, you're not a fan? Um, I think because of the it's the overbookedness that WWE has with last man standing matches. Also, that and the fact that the referee always seems uh, will always have to be counting one to ten, seemingly one hundred times during the match. It's more of a WWE booking kind of thing as to kind of what soured me oh, to last man yeah. standing matches. I think, I think mm. WWE's booking and WWE's like method and way of doing things, I think the I quit works better for them. Mm. Yeah, actually. I, I mean, that being said, as we talked about, like HBK versus Triple H at the Royal Rumble 2004 is probably why one and only exception to, to, to the last man standing matches. <laughs> I think I think they I think they've got, I think they have a you know they, it's they're good to do but with the way that they go about things and tend to kind of overbook stuff mm. it, it it struggles. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the thing is this this match was great. The only problem I had was the commentary. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, is uh, it was kind of all over the place. And <laughs> I, I love Beth Phoenix, but uh, some of the things that she was saying on commentary, I was leaving me more confused and giving me any more information about anything that was happening. <laughs> she must have listened, she must have seen Goldberg and done anything you could do, I could do better. <laughs> it was when she was there and was talking about cause one of the spots in the match was that um, Ripley handcuffed Raquel Gonzalez to like the chain link yeah. in front of her panel. And so rather than mentioning the fact of like the fact of her being handcuffed is like a, it, it's a major disadvantage to winning the match. <laughs> she just went, oh, she's taken away one of the one of the most important parts of Gonzalez's arsenal. She's handcuffed her. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't get how this like translates over. <clears throat> um, but I mean, again, we'll get it. We'll get into commentary again once we get to um smackdown (laughs) (laughs) but no it's absolutely fantastic um shotzi blackheart in the tag match with kushida against candice Lorraine and johnny gargano please Uh, let this be a program for kushida and gargano for the north american title (laughs) well i'm here saying kushida should be winning that title yes sometime (laughs) soon because... Yes. And, and, and again, can you can we have his Back to the Future gear, please? I mean, I don't mind him wrestling in jeans, but I, Kushida is the man who wore who wore his Back to the Future, you know, cafe eighties with the flipping rainbow hats trim shorts. That's my Kushida. I want that back. I really want that back. Yeah, it, it was really funny because I was I was watching um I was watching a video recently. And they're talking about Kushida in WWE in WWE NXT. Mm. They're like going they're like going through like all the accolades that he has done through going through like New Japan and everything. And they're just like, you wouldn't have realized it watching NXT. Yeah. <laughs> With like all the stuff he's done. And I'm like, it, it, it is kind of crazy, but like he, he he's fantastic. He worked amazingly well with Gargano. Mm. 
So I'm looking forward to a, a, an eventual takeover where those two can really sink their teeth into a match. I'm looking yeah, forward no, to Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of takeover main events and stuff and, and, and events, can we talk about the great rematch that was Balor versus O'Reilly? Yeah, this was amazing. This is already a match of the year contender. <laughs> you just have to remember, huh? <laughs> yeah, about 11 months time, yes, I've got to remember. But no, but seriously. It, it, it was just like... I mean, there's so much going into this match, just like how they would each other. I think my personal favourite bit of it was just how committed Finn Balor was to trying to break Kyle O'Reilly's jaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like... So much of his offense was just directed at his jaw, and it was just like, I don't even care about winning. I just want to do to you what you did to me. A jaw for a jaw, as they say in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no. Great, great, great offense. Yeah. Great chain work as well from the pair of them. And, uh, man, I think this really has to solidify that Kyle O'Reilly is a main event player in NXT and should rightfully stake his claim and place there because uh, he has... He, he no, seriously Kyle stepped Ryan up. Is, for, for anyone who hasn't seen him in previous promotions he's worked in, hmm. this should solidify to you that he is a solo main eventer. Yes. They, they could have him in that spot if they wanted to have him absolutely he's doing fantastic stuff with the ue and i i'll be here and say i honestly don't think the ue should be splitting up anytime soon oh no 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 not at all <laughs> like they could easily have him doing stuff on his own and then that's the same for everyone for each member of the ue in fact it's kind of ridiculous the amount of ability they have in that group <laughs> because again people have come to me and go oh you think bobby fish is a good wrestler Yes, yes, he, he is. is. <laughs> He's a very good wrestler. <laughs> that and anyone who um, says like, "Oh, I've only known Roderick Strong from WWE," yeah. I'm like, you don't realize it's like a very long career beforehand, or <laughs> yeah, you're missing a couple years out there, Chief. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just all in all, a really good, really strong showing uh, from NXT, yeah. and hopefully that'll be the start of um, of good things to come from NXT. I, I hope that that um, this is a much more um, positive year for them because it has been. It was very up and down last year for them, yeah. um, and what a good way to to start for them. Before you move on to SmackDown, though, Dan, I just want to give props to NXT UK and as well, and props to Ben Carter, who yeah, yeah. so had a very good debut. Yep, so I also have two final bits. So we now know that we're getting the men's and women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Classics. Yes. Ooh, nice. Uh, so very, very interested by those and very interested to be thinking, you know, who's going to be making an appearance. Mm. Uh, you know, this is normally their time where they'd like to bring in teams from outside for appearances. Yes. Obviously, that's probably less likely now. Mm -hmm. I'm calling still, it. Grizzle Jung veterans will win the men's Dusty Tag Classic. Yeah, no, they're definitely they're definitely one of the uh, <laughs> one of the one of the early favorites. Uh, of course, we we also have people like um, uh, Isaiah Scott and Jake Atlas entering together. Yeah, uh, a few other people, and I'm I'm very interested in the uh, women's 
tag classic. Yes. Uh, especially considering kind of how sparse the women's tag division has been. <laughs> um, so we'll be really interested to see what they're doing with that. And I assume whoever wins it will go on to face the women's tag champions. That I mean, that's what I was I naturally assumed. And, with honestly, that. and honestly, whoever wins it is going to yeah, get a good placement for a match out of it, depending yeah. on who it is. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw, say, you know, like how they were doing with like Tony Storm partnering up with someone. I could see her being an early contender for that. Yeah. Depending on who they partner with, we might see Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez together. The possibilities, yeah. especially uh, especially down there in the NXT roster, are endless. But uh, oh yeah. But uh, we'll see how it's booked. Uh, and then just finally to go over to NXT UK, uh, you know we're having A Kid versus Volta, uh, and this is just this is just the thing it kind of triggered in my mind thinking about it. Uh, Sam, mm-hmm. do you remember in TNA? <laughs> yeah. You, t- you know the X Division title. Yes. Do you remember Option C? I remember Option C. Yes. So option C was a thing in, in TNA where you could vacate the X Division title for a chance at the world title. And this was only done like two or three times. Yeah, it was done by Ares and Saban, I believe. Yeah. Um... And so when I saw this, I was thinking like, oh, is like, is like this the precedent they're setting? It isn't because it's just a kid being like, I won the Heritage Cup, I want to face you now, which is totally valid. Mm. <laughs> but I thought they were introducing some kind of option C thing, so I just wanted to remind people that that existed. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, so let's go to SmackDown, and this is my first thing <laughs> about it, which is, can I just say, I am I mean, a Michael Cole is just. Vince's mouthpiece. <laughs> he really is. I mean, tell us something we don't know there, man. <laughs> Stop just, me if you heard this one before. <laughs> he gives me the purest of hate for heel commentators. <laughs> because it just annoys me so much half the stuff he says. I feel really bad to be in a position like michael cole's where we all know he can be good like take the very first uk tournament without vince in his ear he can actually be a really good commentator but it's just he's he's in that position where he's being fed lines from gorilla position and he has to try and sell them with as much conviction as possible. Remember the, of course, everyone brings up that um, that leaked audio of, of Michael Cole saying, look, I, I've talked about the network so many damn times now. How many times do you want me to bloody say it? And you don't hear from Vince's end, but you can definitely tell that Vince is screaming down the headset to tell oh, Michael sure Cole to say is. it. But <clears> so, like, I, it's, it's just bad because you know he can be good, but it's just like, why it's just... Give him a bit of freedom. Give him just a tiny bit of freedom. He can be a really good commentator. Mm. Like, we know he's got it in him. And we've seen it in previous years. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just, when when he's like this and he's being asked to do the things that he's doing now, 
it's like he's literally just there to shit on people. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I know people will be like, oh, but isn't that the job of a heel commentator? And I'll go, well, in a way, you can make you can make a case for that. Mm. But still, like, surely if you have a heel commentator, then you're going to want them, say, like, bigging up the heel in this situation, downplaying the face, not just being like, yo, this person fucking sucks ass at wrestling. <laughs> They're fucking awful. And then this is just this is just a side thing. And WWE, please get over themselves about other companies and wrestlers past. <laughs> yeah, because that line of Aaron Pierce wasn't good enough to make it to the WWE is just yeah so bad. That 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 miffed me off. Not, this man was a. Me, it's not even good heat. Mm. The man was a former. I mean, I know it, at its time when he was, it wasn't as prevalent as it was, but this man was one of the longest reigning NWA World's Heavyweight Champions. You can't take that away from him, so don't, don't poop yeah, on he his was, legacy. Like, he, for, for a time, he was one of the cornerstones of Ring of Honor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, oh, I don't know. That and, one was... I mean, again, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just here, and they're just like, oh, he it's just like, I get tired of this narrative that they have, that WWE have with this, like, oh, a time in your career not in WWE does matter. Yes. Think about all the stuff Adam Cole has done. Exactly. Exactly. He's like the longest. I mean, he's like the longest reigning PWG champion, the longest reigning CZW champion, and the only man to get the "suck my dick" chant over. <laughs> that's that's a massive accomplishment in more ways than one. That's a massive accomplishment for Adam Cole. <laughs> like it, 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 it's just, it's just, re- it's just really, really petty at this point. Yeah, especially when they do it for older wrestlers or people who have retired. Exactly yeah. for guys for very established guys like Adam Pearce that suddenly you know get jobs in 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 WWE. Hell, they didn't even mention it for people like Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if, say, I don't know, uh, Abyss, you know, he has a more front rate. He was in the same role as Adam Pearce. And imagine the, the the same thing happening to him and then him just then dumping on his character and his time in TNA. Yeah. It's like people would be very much like, uh, no, Abyss was the, one of the cornerstones of that company, so you will not speak <laughs> ill will of Abyss. You do, get, you do not get to do this. <laughs> exactly. Um, but moving on... Uh, talking of heel people, it looks like we might be slowly moving towards an Apollo Crews heel turn. I don't know how I feel about it, but hey, if it keeps that's, him in the program. Yeah, that's I, I I agree with you, but that's also like even for like weird heel changes, that's an odd turn. Yeah, yeah, I I really don't get it, and also it's happening on SmackDown, so there's no element of like, oh, you could be like getting involved with the hurt business. Mm. So it's just Apollo Crews being solo heel on SmackDown. Um, yeah. Uh, Street Profits dropped the tag titles, although at least from how things seemed in the match, it might be that they're holding them off for a bit because of an injury. Yes. Especially I... felt like I never saw Angelo Dawkins in the match. Same. Same. I was I was getting very concerned. <laughs> I was like, what? Where? where where's? where's he, just isn't, he just wasn't there half yeah. the time. So I don't um, know if they called an audible then, or if it was just a case of this was how it was booked. But um, 
Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was an odd one. Um, but uh, Ziggler and Rude now have the tag titles. As far as I know, I'm pretty sure that Dolph only needs to get the Universal title to have had like pretty much every single one in rotation at this point. I think you might right. be right. Holy crap. Yeah, you might be right there. Like, I think he's had every other title but that one. Yeah. God. Um, and honestly, though, the, the biggest problem I have with this, though, is it's just really tough because I don't know if there's going to be any other teams for them to face. <laughs> I mean, they have to clear the way for the Omni. Oh, no, no. They'll have, they'll have, they'll have, they'll have um, Lucha House Party. Sorry. Who, bearing in mind, are now doing double duty on NXT and SmackDown. So there you go, everybody. Because <laughs> um, I was, I was going to say they'd have Cesaro and Nakamura, but it but, looks like Nakamura's turning face after an absolute amazing showing in that gauntlet match, which he should have had. Yes, yes. This, totally valid in getting. This surprised me, but also at the same time worries me. Yes. Because, look, we've talked about Nakamura many a time and how that man really does deserve a lot more than what he's been given in WWE. So I I was really happy to see Nakamura be finally, almost in a sense, feel comfortable in that ring again. It looked like the Nakamura of old that we saw debuting in NXT. Um <clears throat> It felt like the Nakamura I remembered from before. Yes, exactly. So, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to lead to. This is this is going to be a very interesting one. Um, but I am agreeing with a couple of people that I've seen on Twitter, where it just this looks like now they're going to go full steam ahead with a Brian Roman match at Mania. We're probably going to get Nakamura versus Roman at the Royal Rumble. Which again, yeah. I'm not objecting to that. Uh, I think that will be a great matchup. Uh, I would love. You I mean I would not object? Uh, I want to hear your guys' opinions on this. I wouldn't object to Nakamura versus Brian versus Roman as a triple threat for the Universal Title at Mania. No, I wouldn't be against that at all. Mm, you know, mm, to be honest, I I want someone to go one on one against Roman, yeah. but. Having said that, of of the two of um, Shinsuke and Daniel, I honestly don't know who I'd want to see Roman face more. Exactly, exactly. At least it's not Dwayne. All due Although respect will, to Dwayne. I will say, <laughs> I will say, potentially, even though it, you know, in in the context, it's not as amazing as a thing. If we had say. Nakamura versus Brian as a number one contenders match mm. Mm. to then face Roman. Remember those? <laughs> yeah, remember number one contender matches. <laughs> still, you know, you could, you know what? It could be even more ridiculous, and we still could have title versus title with Big E versus Roman. A guy can dream, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, great showing. A weird way to end it with, of course, with Adam Pearce um, being Winning dragged out by Roman and knocked out and then drag and then draped over Nakamura. So now Adam Pearce is facing Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. But uh, uh, we'll see how that one transpires. As I said, though, and, and I think a lot of people can 
probably, you know, see where I'm coming from this one. I'm worried. I'm cautiously worried about what they're going to do with Nakamura. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are, we are cautious, but we are cautious for the right reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, history is entirely on our side here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that seems to be the case. Uh, I'm, I'm still liking Sami Zayn in his role. And yes. now bringing in a camera person to film the documentary about the conspiracy. Uh, hope that I gets picked was, up by Vice. Yeah, I think that was a nice little touch. But uh, with that, we're done with SmackDown. So we're just going to quickly swing over to New Japan for uh, a rundown of Wrestle Kingdom. Ibushi winning both belts. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um... Uh, our favorite himbo son has done it. <laughs> Two... Solid matches uh, from Kota on both nights. Um, if you ask me, he had a, he had a good match with Naito. Not the not the greatest um, main event in the Wrestle Kingdom, um, but nope. he also had the but he had a very very solid main event against Jay White. I think Jay White. I, I I'm I'm glad that finally people had warmed up to Jay White because I've always been a good big fan of his work um, as a heel in New Japan. Um, but, you know, I think my main gripe, as I can see with both of those matches, a little bit too long. They they can, they can yeah. they definitely they definitely needed uh, fat trimming uh, for both of those matches. But if that's the only gripe I have with them, then, you know, that, that that's that's good business. <laughs> if they're the only gripe I have is that they went on too long. Um, other matches, though, to talk about were... Um, uh, was the... Uh, was the great match in night two of Shingo Tagaki versus Jeff Cobb for the Never Openweight Championship. That was my personal favorite match of both nights. Um, They put on, oh man, Shingo's been on such amazing form. Um, For anyone that hasn't been following the Never title, it has been pretty fantastic this year. Yeah. God, he's been putting on some flipping barnstormers of some matches um sonada versus evil wasn't the greatest match but may i just say it, it did give us dick togo selling which was just hilarious i'll, I'll be here and say this it was probably i i really liked the match as much as that is that i just love sonata yes i i i i love sonata um uh, i will be here i'll be here and say <laughs> Honest, I mean, as I say, it's one of it's probably one of the better matches that Evil has had in recent months. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to bring up uh, Kenta um, and uh, versus Kojima. Yeah, um, no, okay. that match was uh, to a lot of people an unexpected match for them to enjoy, especially. But honestly, Kenta's been fantastic. Kenta's been. Uh, it's a. It's you know what? It's a real shame that you know Kenta. Um, is at this point in his career where you you can definitely tell he's not on the greatest form as he was at Noah, but I I feel like if he were at that form, I think he'd be right close into the main event picture in New Japan. It's just such a shame what happened to him in WWE with injury after injury, um, and it, it, it's just nice to see that he's he's back on not the top form that he was in Noah, but he's at least back to where he should be, was where he should have been in WWE. <laughs> He's, get, he's getting back up there, and yeah. unfortunately, he is being restricted by the fact that he still can't have the match with Moxley. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, 
Okada defeating Osprey, um, which was a very weirdly booked match, if you ask me, because it seemed because even though he was the heel, um, Osprey was being booked as a plucky underdog, which just made no sense to me. Uh, and again, yeah, again, this match went on too damn long. <laughs> <laughs> Still, though, it did give it did give us one of the most satisfying rainmakers of recent history. Absolutely, did it. All in all, though. What I will say with this, it is one of the weaker Wrestle Kingdoms. A lot of that, of course, has as is is to do with you know everything that happened in 2020, and that is still going on uh, this year. So I think that's the case with every promotion that they've had their hands tied due to, to due to the ongoing pandemic, um, and they had to kind of very much in the past several months had to really scramble. Um, of getting the tournaments out, getting storylines um, cemented so they can do all this. It wasn't bad. It was good, but it is not great. It could have been so much better, as as previous Wrestle Kingdoms have proven. It could have been a lot better. But, you know, all in all, at yeah, least no, we finally got Kota Ibushi as champion. <laughs> all here for it. Absolutely. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, with that, though, we are done with the news. Hey, awesome. Hey. So, before we head off, I'm going to go over and not do recommendation, but to say that we are always and as ever affiliated with Superkicks Apparel and with Graps and Gaijin Worldwide. Of course, our promo codes for Superkick Kicks is Chinwag for free shipping. And for 10% off on Graps and Gaijin Worldwide, that is Sweet Chin. Please tell me I got that right, Dan. <laughs> you got it correct brilliant hey. but with that it is time to get on with our main portion of the episode it is the retrospective and chinwag awards the waggies there we go the chinsters the 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 the, the, the heartbreak the, the, the chin- waggies the waggies the, the hearties the, i don't know the <laughs> we'll figure it out the heartbreak we'll awards i don't know <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> we're, we're treading too close to Sean's copyrights. There, yeah, yeah we the are. So we have to. I, I, you know what? If we're gonna go, we maybe, maybe the Wagger, the Wagger, the Wagger Award. I was gonna say if we I don't say sp- Waggy. I was gonna say waggy. don't spell it Wagger. If we're gonna spell it W A G A, that's just got a whole different connotation. So we don't want those mm. sorts of people watching us. Mm. <laughs> listen mm. to us. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna go for Waggies. Yes, we're gonna we go for Waggies. And here I thought you were just gonna say that we were gonna get a, we were gonna get a lawsuit from Wagger Mamas. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I thought that too. So just the Waggies. Oh, okay, good. The, the, the Waggies. All right then. The Waggies. So. I mean, I want to get your two... Before we get into our, our the, the categories and, and who we picked for each, your honest opinion of wrestling in 2020 f- from from each of you. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so, 2020 was obviously... This is the inaugural Waggies. <laughs> The very first Waggies of the podcast. And yep. what a year to do it for. <laughs> yes. Because I have never felt like, maybe it's just because I'm older now and not wiser, but more aware of wrestling as an actual, as an actual job. 
Mm. Yep. <laughs> that this is the probably to from the from my perspective, the single most cataclysmic year I've seen in wrestling. Yeah, no, as I was uh as I was saying to other people, I say in terms of years to start something like this, we certainly picked a year. Hell yeah, yeah we, oh, picked... we picked we picked a year to be sure. <laughs> Where it seemed like every story going talking about wrestling was bad. Yes. Um, absolutely. A, a, a year where a year where everything from union unionization to to wrestlers to wrestlers unfortunately leaving leaving the business or leaving us mm. to to COVID doing an absolute gut stab to the entire business across the board yeah it's just been one after another yeah like i don't know how i managed as a wrestling fan to come out of the other side of it given mm. everything that has happened it's been i guess oh god what's the word <clears throat> i don't want to say interesting yeah. Well, because I, been... I, I've, I, came, I mean, I've come can... into this, and I've been, I've been talking about, you know, kind of where things are, and for for me, it's it's just kind of been such a mixed bag. It's hard to really define anything into one word. Yeah. Because as much as there's been so many great things, there's also been so many bad things, and especially for you know myself reflecting on you know stuff we'd sp like having to go through and look back through the year yeah and think about everything kind of as one package real um, talk this year will probably go down as one of the most important years in professional wrestling oh yeah absolutely. oh absolutely i i can absolutely see that happening it will definitely be talked about for a long long old time uh what may have what should have happened and what ha what what happened and what possibly should have happened this year um but yeah like oh it's i mean we could go on forever about how maybe that possibly wrestling should not have carried on how vince yep. Um, somehow managed to swing his way around to make it an essential business, but you know we're not going into that. Uh, we talk about the the massive importance of of speaking out and how now it seems like parliaments are, are taking it very seriously, especially in this yeah. country. In this country, I should say, how Parliament have to, have, have made it a very important thing. Um, yeah, and but throughout all of that. There has managed to have had um, some great matches, some great moments. It just makes you go, how the heck did that happen? When so much, with so much still happening, not just not just inside but outside of wrestling, we still managed to get good matches. Yeah, yeah that is a miracle onto itself, and a credit to everyone who we, to every wrestler, apart from a few, we we will not name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> who have managed to continue to put on not just good matches but truly great matches Absolutely. so a credit to everyone that every every single person we name here <laughs> indeed indeed right then gentlemen 
Shall we then, in this case, start with the waggies? The 2020 waggies. Yes. <laughs> the start of the 2020 waggies. The class of 2020. <laughs> yeah. So, however you guys want to do this, what we'll do is if you've picked uh, your winner of, of each award, but you still have a couple like nominees or like uh, yeah. second and third places that you have for each, feel free to shout those out as well. But we let's start off with best match of the year. And wow, we're just gonna start. We're just coming in hot, aren't we? We're gonna go, we're gonna go in hot with best match of the year, and we're gonna start with. Let's start with Dan. If you have your winner, if you only got that, feel free to say uh, who it is and why. But if you do have like a three to one, feel free to uh, bring those up as well. Yep. So I do have a a free three to one. Uh, so at my number three spot is. Finn Bauer versus Kyle O'Reilly from Takeover. Yeah, good show. Uh, it was it's a match between two people who were absolutely fantastic. You know, it was there was so much in there in terms of technical elements, them playing off of each other, and just the two really just working to the full capacity mm. that they have. And I'm so happy that Kyle O'Reilly got this opportunity to show himself off. Yes. Absolutely. Against someone he works so well with, <laughs> and someone who was so willing to make the best out of this opportunity and create something absolutely fantastic that then, you know, led up into Kylie Wright taking this space. Yes. It, it was such a fantastic match. Uh, my number two uh, is the one that I have called my personal favorite match of the year uh people might think oh it's weird that your favorite one isn't at, at the number one spot for you <laughs> but this is more a match that i personally enjoyed rather than i think it's got the best wrestling mm. Mm. Uh, and this match is minoru suzuki versus koji ibushi from this year's g1 or the okay. 2020 g1 climax uh this match is just fantastic. How they play off the difference in styles, uh, <clears throat> how they play off how Suzuki is against how Ibushi is, where you know Suzuki is just this kind of borderline demented person who is f fixated with damaging each individual limb and. It, you know he's he's very calculated whereas Ibushi is just I refuse to stop <laughs> and he just it, again I think a lot of people looked at this match and as much as they thought well these are two really really fantastic people it, it won't work mm. but they, they just worked so fantastically together and yeah. as well in the consideration that th this match I don't even think went 20 minutes mm-hmm Yes. I think it was only something like 18, 19 minutes mm -hmm. and was absolutely fantastic. It was one of the standouts of a, fan, of a, for a lot of people, surprisingly fantastic G1 this year. Yes. Uh, my number one match is probably an unexpected one, especially for uh, you two guys, <laughs> because we're going to a promotion that we don't actually normally speak about that much. Ah. Uh, my 
match of the year goes to Go Shiyazaki versus Nakajima from this year's Pro Wrestling Noah 20th anniversary show. Now, wow. this match, real talk, I've watched this match and I was very much debating whether to put it at number one. Um, but then I realized there was a few other matches that I absolutely loved equally as this. So it went down uh, and it is not in my top three. But no, I absolutely agree with you with this one. Uh, this match, this was, match is was... 42 minutes of arguable in-ring brilliance. Absolutely. And most, and, and you would love to know, Reardon, that I've, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, the starting, few, well, I wouldn't say few minutes, the starting, I get at least 10 to 15 minutes is just them psyching one another up and staring yeah, no, each it, other it, down. It, 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 like, like, a lot of it is just like the first 10 minutes is like them going, you know, like starting to lock up and starting to do moves and just kind of sounding each other out i mean again there's a lot that goes with this because these two have had a long running feud as i've slowly learned after getting more in depth into noah yes um so there was like elements of the fact of that they know each other and they know the moves that they're going to go for yeah uh so quite similar to the um jay white versus koto abushi match yes in a sense but like it just had you had that starting bit of them kind of figuring each other out it was it was hard hitting it was you know it just had elements of tension and it it felt like it, 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 i mean in a sense it almost felt like a love letter to those kind of all japan matches yes no exactly how i felt i think the i think <laughs> what really really makes this one stand out uh, for me as well is uh, is the silence of Koraku and Hall, and it's just them two. It's a kind of like we've gotten a sneak peek into the world of two like eight like two last gunslingers, just absolutely finally proving who's the better one out of the <clears throat> two of them. Dude, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's just so much about this, and I, I think it's <clears throat> it's one of the big things that I say is kind of missing. I say it's missing from wrestling. It's definitely missing from more western wrestling physical mm. storytelling yes mm. they're, they're telling the story with how they act how they move the moves that they choose to do it's things like um it's things like she is actually deciding no i need to take a second compose myself i need to go for his arm i need to do this i need to make sure that he's you know them doing moves and making sure that they're not by the ropes. Mm. It is small things, but all those small things really add up into a much bigger, much more detailed picture. And like I said, this was a match that I came into it and being told like, "Oh, it's it's a long one. It's a it's a really big one. It's really <laughs> intensive, and there's loads of stuff behind it." But it, after watching it, I wanted to know. Mm. And like I said, it it was a story told through two people wrestling. Yeah, just ah. Uh, and like I said, it it felt it felt like a love letter to the All Japan matches, uh, and the kind of like the early Noah matches that I have come to love mm. through finding from doing this and learning about that era and that style of wrestling. And it was absolutely amazing and fully deserving of my match of the year. Yeah. And even at 42 minutes, even I would admit, um, yeah, this match 
this match was darn near perfect. <laughs> darn near perfect. Um, Reardon, your match of the year. Okay, my match of the year. The or as it's also, or as it's known in the house, the We Beat Inside the Ropes Award. <laughs> <laughs> God, man. I wonder how Kenny McIntosh is going to feel about this, but he listens to it. I will use the first podcast of the year to challenge him to a fight outside. (laughs) Where into a fight in wherever location he chooses. Tap and tin. No. uh... Drop drop your location. Drop Drop your location. Add us at Sweet Chinwag of where you want to, where you want this fight to be. I'm just the middleman messenger. I'm not involved. And this is not a tag match. Kenny, we we love and appreciate you. Just remember, this is in kayfabe. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> oh, we God, are I'm not. Wor- it like oh, oh, we are. We are not working ourselves into a shoot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> My match of the year, which will be of no surprise to any of you guys <laughs> will be the Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's in, it's entirely valid. It's entirely valid. It's like it's a match that I never it's kind of a match I never thought I would ever see, but always kind of wanted to see would work. And yeah. <laughs> dear God did it work. What more can be said about it other than it just works i have watched it multiple times and it, it, it's, I, I've, I've said it's so good to have like a match it like have an actual character study in wwe yeah yeah <clears throat> it's so it's Sh- such a fascinating shattering the rule of the walls the glass walls of storytelling to come yeah. up with a match like that was just like yeah, yeah. and to and to do it with and to do it with the with the Hogan of the 21st century. <laughs> it's it's big big props to John Cena yeah. for being self-aware oh. enough to do it. Yeah. Big big props to John Cena for being self-aware to do it. And also being a disturbingly good actor. <laughs> <laughs> See, Ferdinand wasn't just his best role. It was this. See, I said it's been years since the Marine came out. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to give the nod to that match no, nothing no. nothing more needs to be said i feel just yeah. fantastic top to bottom i think i'll watch it again <laughs> don't blame you one bit so yeah very solid choice there Rid. and so for mine i'm gonna do from three through to one because this one was very hard <clears throat> for me to pick but number three we have minoru suzuki versus john moxley <clears throat> at new beginning in new japan which was it's crazy this... to think that that match was this year. Yeah, it's so so crazy. Um, <clears throat> this match I love for a multitude of reasons, but mostly the one being that you could tell it was at this moment when John Moxley looked as if he made the right decision. You could tell from his body language, it was like, you know what, leaving WWE was probably the best thing I could have ever have done because I am having this amazing match that I've always wanted with a man who is just as nuts as I am. 
And it was just a, it was an all out, like, it was the best showcase of the pair of them. Both of them were nuts, were swinging chairs at one another, pile driver after pile driver after pile driver. What more could you possibly say from these two that have both put on outstanding matches throughout the year? And it's not the last you'll hear of John Moxley on this list. So, oh, no. at number two, a match. That is tr- that was truly phenomenal, but had no right to be given the company that it was in. It was Volta versus Ilya Dragunov from NXT UK. Oh, I was so close to putting that on my list. <laughs> I have loved this rivalry ever since WXW when these two first met um, and started having amazing matches together. For me, this is just such a continuation of the hard-hitting technical brawling that they both have and just how just how intense and emotional that a dragonov can be in that ring from body language alone and from selling now granted a lot of people can say that his his selling is cartoonish which to a degree it can be but i feel it really sells the the power this dominance that Walter has in that ring. Like, his chops will cave your chest in and then some, and it will cave your soul yep. out of your body through your mouth. <laughs> no. You hear, you've heard, everyone's heard that one that he did to Adam Cole. Absolutely. Adam Cole's soul leaves his body. <laughs> so, <clears throat> could this have worked if it were in an audience? I think it would have been much better if it had an audience. But the fact that it was a closed set, I think added a lot more to the brutality of the match. Like, you could hear the wild cries of Dragunov as he was getting chopped and kicked and smacked da- back down on the floor. I feel like with pe- people who were on the fence of Dragunov, I feel this match kind of may have proved to those casual, more casual fans that Ilya Dragunov is a person you should definitely look out for in WWE. It's just the fact that I hate that this took place in NXT UK <laughs> I, I just hate the fact that it took place in, in there and, I, and uh, certain people do agree with me on that one as well but yeah, for number one my favourite match of the year I have to bring it up because it has to be my favourite it had to be just for pure build up the, the short um, kind of term booking as well as the fact that this was a very last minute thing given uh, certain events of people uh, testing positive for covid to give this man a platform to step up and be in the main event was phenomenal to see and they both delivered yes eddie kingston versus john moxley at full gear is my favorite match of the year um dude that match was so good with and the, way, the, the fact they even got it to go on this on the time scale that they had just he mad. built a he built a title match in one in one promo in one night. Absolutely, I mean, just this is, and I'll bring it up a couple more times because, dang it, here I'll say it. I bring up Eddie Kingston quite a bit in each cat in certain categories, but that man has had a bloody bumper year, and it's such a great thing to see. Um, given the man, you know, such a legend in the indie scene and finally be given a, a an international platform like that and proving that he belonged in that on that platform as well. Um, I mean, this is not even getting into the context and, and or, or, sorry, the content of the match, you know, absolutely brutal style uh, from brawling to King's Road of a little bit of hardcore thrown in there. It's got everything you want and then some. 
and uh that that ending of of kingston finally quitting um uh with mox uh uh you know reigning supreme was granted it's you know it, i was i was really hoping and given that what um kingston was wearing i thought they were actually going to pull the trigger on him being aew champion but um yeah but it wasn't to be um and it, it, that was no biggie because i think mox has been on an absolute tear uh in the in 2020 but i think it proves beyond any sh- shadow of a doubt that eddie kingston is a main event player no he absolutely is and as i said uh in terms of people who have had increases in their stock <laughs> yeah Eddie Kingston's on about the 5,000% increase, <laughs> possibly even higher. Oh, man. So, yeah, that, that definitely was my favourite match of the year. So, next category. Let's go for the Super Kicks Award for Best Piece, piece of Merch Released in 2020. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you very much to Super Kicks Apparel for uh, for endorsing this uh this uh, award uh we very Absolutely. much appreciate you for that guys oh yeah and so uh and so let us hand it over to reardon for his favorite piece of merch in the year 2020 oh my goodness okay before i do that i have to make sure that i got this right one sec <laughs> i'm actually actually go for dan because i i know it but i just need to i just need to find it you need to be positive okay. all right dan yeah. <laughs> your winner of best piece of merch my winner for the best piece of merch and the, this year's winner of the super kicks award goes to Sami Zayn's I Am Sami Zayn shirt. Damn it, that was it. That was my one. <laughs> hey, look, Reardon, you're allowed that as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it's it's so simple, but the fact that they were willing to embrace something that stupid yes. is amazing, and I love it, and it is the purest representation of everything I would want because God knows some of WWE's merch this year has been awful. Oh, yeah. Buddy Murphy. I'm looking, <clears throat> I'm looking at you, Buddy Murphy. <laughs> Um, and the fact that they were willing to be like, you know what, we could actually afford, to, we can, we can do this. It's fantastic, and I think it's amazing. And I saw it and was like, I want it immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just saw it, and I, like the first time I saw it, I'm like, that is ridiculous. And then I realized that they were actually making shirts of it, and I'm like, I want it so badly. <laughs> oh man! So I actually have a free to through to one on this yeah on this one. go ahead so, so number three we have tiger drivers alex shelley akira shirt which was such an amazing yeah. looking shirt if you ask me and uh great thing great coup for tiger driver to get um, alex shelley oh, as an endorsed athlete absolutely which by mm. the way like even though i i want to give a shout out to alex shelley even though he he wasn't he didn't lend up in my top five he was in my top 10 because he has had a bumper year this year yeah, no, he has uh, so uh no shout out some props to one of my favorite wrestlers of all time uh at number two schadenfreude J- just schadenfreude in general because yep. chris brooks just makes incredible merch and i have far too many schadenfreude hoodies t-shirts and long sleeve shirts <laughs> and at number <laughs> one has to be again tiger driver but this time with the Mike Awesome line. More specifically, yeah, the, the, awesome, the awesome bomb, bomb shirt. shirt where he's, yeah. he's awesome bombing Donald Trump on the lawn of the White House. 
God. And if that is not needed right now, <laughs> in into time date us, the 9th of January 2021. Dude, if, there, if there is anything out there that will help more people get into watching Mike Awesome, I'm all for it. Uh, I mean, oh man, God bless Mike Awesome. He was a great God bless wrestler. Mike Awesome. And also mm. an avid gamer. He was a massive fan of Half-Life. Yeah. <laughs> a massive nice. fan of Half-Life. So no, big props Dude, to Tiger hell. Driver. Yeah. Uh, to those guys. Oh man, Tiger Driver was so Ti awesome. Ozzy, yeah, shout out Tiger Driver. They are, they are so awesome. Not only do they put out great playlists of wrestling matches, but they put out some pretty awesome merch as well. So, uh, congratulations. Also, follow them, on, follow them on Twitter. They're amazing. Oh, yeah. Without question. So, congratulations to Tiger Driver and to Sami Zayn. Hey, a winner hey. is all of them. He <laughs> oh. is the champion of the people. Le champion de pup. <laughs> okay. So, let us move on to the next category, which is best pay-per-view of the year. Uh, let us run it over to. Oh, should I... who, who, would you? Should I start? Should yeah, you can start, start this one. We'll, we'll, we'll just keep cycling it about until we forget what the cycle is. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. All right. So there weren't a lot of pay per views this year. There weren't a lot of events that happened. But yeah, I ended up narrowing it down to about four. Um. So at number four, we have Josh Barnett's Bloodsport Three. Um, which yep. I watched entirely fair and absolutely love. I love the blood sport um, events without question. So it was not only was it nice to to watch this one, but it was really nice to finally see John Moxley take part in this, which he had a great mm. match against Chris Dickinson, which was originally supposed to be Barnett, but he had I think he had to pull out during to uh, uh, because of uh, or due to did. COVID, I believe yeah. he had been in contact with someone who had ha who had um, contracted uh, COVID. And number three. DDT's Peter Pan 2020. Great event. Um, and, and a fantastic main event as well. And if you've not seen it, go out of your way to at least find previews or at least kind of an article on it. It was a solid main event from DDT who have had yeah. a stellar 2020, if you ask me. <laughs> it, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of funny to think that actually, in, in a way, it almost led into them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like it's it's actually worked out surprisingly well for them. It's it's worth saying. Um, mm. Oh God, it's uh, solid year for um, Tetsuya Endo. Yes. Oh, what a year he has had, and uh, still maintain that he should be one that you should be watching, given our DDT Pro episode. Of, him and uh, him and Chris Brooks. Well, unfortunately, Chris Brooks hasn't had, been able to have as amazing as a year. Yeah which is a shame. He did commentary on TJPW, though. He did, which was awesome. Which was freaking awesome, mm. which you should go out and find if you can. <laughs> <laughs> and number two is Full Gear. Um, mostly here because of the Kingston versus Moxley match. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, <laughs> it was. You can't. You can have. You can maybe have a a, a solid undercard. Uh, but if you need to have a really great main event for it to go up, and for me, yeah, it was it was as good as you could possibly have for a pay per view during this uh, during this year. Um, but it didn't beat number one, which has to be Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. Um, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom fourteen had pretty much all two of the great moments. It was the last great pay per view I think wrestling had had with a full capacity audience. Um, mm. But not only that, did we we got to witness the last match of Jushin Thunder Liger and Tetsuya Naito finally, you know, 
um, reaching his destiny or destino, sorry, by becoming, you know, not only main eventing Wrestle Kingdom, but winning the big one. Um, it was a great feel good moment and uh, a great, a great Wrestle Kingdom, if you ask me, without question. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Reardon, your best pay per view okay. of the year. Okay, so as you say, stated, there's like even for my casual wrestling ass, there wasn't a lot of pay per views. So uh, everything I say is going to. So my runner up is going to have a big asterisk because there's like there just wasn't enough pay per views for me to get a full, a full kind of feeling on the year in terms yeah. of that. Yeah, now I get you. Yeah. So, but Asterix um, is WrestleMania 36 Part One specifically. Yes. Okay. As... Yeah, I can. I can understand that. Yeah. Part One. Part Two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It had. It had its moments. We can but... skip it off. We can skip it off. Part One's yeah. the bit that matters. <laughs> yeah, but Part One is honestly the bit that matters. Uh, uh, shout out because I'm um, like it was one that shouldn't have shouldn't have worked at all, but the fact that it worked quite a bit it should get at least a bit of a nod for me mm. but uh my number one is is royal rumble 2020 yeah <laughs> it gave me edge back yeah. what can i say <laughs> and the, just it gave me edge and it wasn't like it wasn't even too bad it was pretty good actually yeah it was a good but it also Gave me edge. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, it was one of the better Royal Rumbles of the past few years. Yeah, um, the way it was booked with Lesnar, you know, cleaning house, and then of course him, and then getting a yeah. a claymore by by McIntyre, which at that moment, that one moment was like boom, solidified main event player, and he ain't getting out of the main event for for decades now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 and yeah, a shout out to actually having a good. Uh, both good, very good Royal Rumbles. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very fun, very fun ones. And also, it gave me edge. So. <laughs> no, great. So, Royal Rumble 2020, you get the pay-per-view of the year. <laughs> Solid tourist reardon. Uh, Dan, your pay-per-view of the year. Uh, so, much like you, I have my top three, although I do have a, a, a fourth honorary mention. Mm. And the fourth honorary mention goes to uh gallows and anderson's talking shopper mania (laughs) (laughs) oh that was one of the most interesting and most alternative takes on what a pay-per-view can be damn right it was was Uh, and for it to be one of the biggest selling things that they've ever put on fight yep regarding the fact that it's pretty much a two-hour comedy show yep but it did amazingly and straight up power to them. Mm, exactly. Power to them. <laughs> uh, getting into my main ones though, at number three, I'm going to go for this year's um, Summer Struggle at Jingu. Oh, yeah, that was. Cool. I know, I know for a lot of people, this one was probably not really that much regarded. Mm. Um, especially, you know, in the inside the context of the Wrestle Kingdom that happened this year, yeah, uh, and everything else. But for me, I personally really enjoyed it. Um, for it had the moment of uh, Minoru Suzuki beating Takagi for the Never Title, yep, which set up 
fantastically for them to go forward. <laughs> uh, Naito winning both the titles back from Evil. Mm. Him posing while he's in the rain. Yep. It was like borderline poetic. <laughs> and I thought it was just... I thought it was just really well done, especially considering that was done in August. Yeah. When, you know, New Japan was still figuring things out exactly. regarding the whole COVID situation. So I have to give them full props for that. Uh, and yeah, I, I know a lot of people will be saying, yeah, the undercard was pretty weak and it was. <clears throat> but mm. honestly, I think in terms of getting the best out of something in a, a difficult situation, mm. I would say it went pretty. It went pretty amazingly. Yeah. At number two, it is NXT Worlds Collide. Oh yes. From January twenty fifth, twenty twenty. This this was number five for me. <laughs> I just thought this was this was fantastic, front to back. Brilliant work from them. Mm. And I think there's, I think there's so many other small bits that we could talk about that probably influence it, like the fact they had a crowd and things like that. Yeah. But it was, it, it was so nice that they were actually having main roster pay respect to NXT UK. Exactly. Exactly. Like there was no conception that they were in any way inferior, and the fact you had people like Cesaro appearing mm. and having matches with nxt uk talent you know the fact that you were having ue there mm. against imperium uh you know we we got finn balor versus Ilya dragunov <sighs> just man. like this was just, this was just a front to back strong card well executed not a whole lot else to say about it yeah and again, one of those things that people forgot happened in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> my, my number one pay-per-view of the year for me is AEW Full Gear. Yes. That's for fun. the Kingston-Moxley match, uh, the tag match, FDR versus the Young Bucks. Oh. I know people maybe say that their match revolution was better. Mm. But I think the fact that for, for for this pay-per-view it was still just as fantastic on the same level some i mean again it's really split as to whether or not the match revolution or the match at full gear is better yeah and i know people will say maybe the undercard was kind of weak but honestly in terms of the situations they were working with working with for this the fact they got this out was was so impressive and and honestly one of the things i, I missed about pay-per-views that this brought for me was you were really going into it not knowing who was going to win yes mm. absolutely like I, like I came into this thinking like oh well either one is really credible mm. either one could win and, and i would believe it yeah and i think that was a thing that they really just happened to tap into mm. with this and that's why it gets my number one pick of the year no, uh, wholeheartedly agree. I was very close to putting it at number one, but then I realised just how emotional I got with Wrestle Kingdom 14. Yes, I cried at the main event when Naito had finally won. <laughs> I, I will admit that, is that straight up. <laughs> Okey-doke. All right, then. 
let us go in to some of the more sillier awards that we've got here. Uh, starting with the George Orwell Award, which is for the set that looked the most dystopian in 2020. We got stiff competition, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Reardon, who would you like? Uh, who, who have you got, sorry, as, as, your, as your winner for the Orwell Award? Okay. You know, when giving out the George Orwell Award... <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a matter of looking of a set looking stark, but one that really, really says we live. One that encompasses the spirit. Yeah, one that encompasses the spirit. That's very good. And speaking as someone who has read 1984, unlike a lot of people, <laughs> I have to go for the set that looked the absolute most like the two minutes of hate in the 1984, <laughs> which will be the WWE SmackDown arena <laughs> with all of those, all of those, those random ass online fans who are Enter not online, the Dome. who are not, are not like actually watching it live. Don't even try it. <laughs> okay, real talk. I feel like it's going to be unanimous that the Thunderdome's going to be our winners because I chose the Thunderdome as well. Dan, you you on the Thunderdome? I can confirm that the WWE Thunderdome is my number one pick. It is a a full, clean, sweet, full-on trifecta award as it just looks... I legitimately hate watching clips from it because Mm. it looks so creepy. A close second, of course, was the Capital Wrestling Center. So I'm like, <laughs> WWE, we're gonna get an award. Actually, uh, I my, was gonna. Actually... My, my 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 alternative nominations were a joint second between Ring of Honor and DDT Pro for their <laughs> empty arena shows. Yeah. I actually, I actually um would say that my runner-up is the AEW. Our daily's place. Daily's yeah. place. Which, yeah, no, look, I... <laughs> which I think which I think just due to the I think just due to the nature of the um promotion, it just feel it feels like an actual zombie apocalypse happens. Yeah. Well this is what I was gonna say about DDT Pro and Ring of Honor, because they did <laughs> empty arena matches and the problem but the problem they had well DDT Pros wasn't as bad. It was just like you have the ring and there's nothing around it. Ring mm. of Honors was like there was the ring and then just a black void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was I remember what I remember watching highlights of the pure tournament and I was like, so they're just bothering to like not light up the rest of the place that they're in or like what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really yeah. unfortunate. Oh, 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 actually another shout out for the Orwell Award. The Raw Underground set. Oh crubs, yeah. I forgot about Raw Underground. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> What Shane McMahon wishes that Def Jam Fight for New York looked like. Two, two men enter, one man leaves. Blood sports. <laughs> uh, uh, which Fatal like, now Deviation. That, yeah, I was actually going to say, now that I've actually watched Fatal Deviation, Raw Underground, it's just Fatal Deviation. <laughs> oh, man. No, so yeah, clean sweep for the All yeah. World Award. Goes You're going straight to, to the Thunderdome. You're going to compete in the Underground. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, next in, up in the more zadier categories, we have best drip of the year. The person who had the best gear in 2020. I'm going to start this one with Dan. If you have a free to one, I'm pretty sure that you'll have a free to one. Please, yeah. <laughs> please let us know. Um, who is your winner of best drip? Uh, at the number three spot for best drip, I have gone for Alex Shelley. Yeah, okay. because that man's style is impeccable. <laughs> like, just straight up, straight up impeccable. Yes. Yeah. At the number two spot, I have gone for a more alternative pick, but we have spoken about how much that we love their gear, and I'm going to be continuing this through and counting them for 2020. I have gone for Imperium. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my god, those fucking tracksuit tops are banging. <laughs> oh, I want them so badly, man. Yes. Like, they are just so good. And <laughs> I was looking at it and I was like, can I technically count Imperium in the 2020 rankings? Yes, I can. <laughs> they wrestled this year. It's fine. Yes. But for, for Drip of the Year, there's only one man I can go to. He is, in my mind, the uh, the absolute drippiest there is in wrestling possibly right now <laughs> when it comes when it comes to drip he is the ace of new japan it has to be sonata yeah <laughs> sonata has come out in some absolute fits yeah my man came down in a white suit with glasses to clear out people in, uh, interfering in a match and then put them over his sh- put one of them over his shoulder and the other one like he was about to do a gut wrench and just carried them away yes while keeping that white suit crisp hell yes there, for me there is no debate <laughs> you're just saying that because he looks like he's from yakuza you know what you yeah. can say that <laughs> And it is partly applicable, but I'll be there to say the man has just got style as well. <laughs> All right, then, Reardon, your winner for best drip of the year. You know, I think of all the categories throughout as throughout the years of the Sweet Chinwag podcast, this will be the single most difficult one. <laughs> because wrestlers come out with some drip. They really do. Okay. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm just going. I can't like go for three, two, one. Some honourable mentions. Mm-hmm. We have to go for the very specifically the silver version of Kota Ibushi's gear. Oh, yes. yes. Which is just. Mwah! <laughs> um. Uh, and a shout out to um, Edge's WrestleMania gear, which looked yep. just hype as fuck. Yeah, yeah. He was ready to go. Um, who else have we got? Who else have we? We there's a few to be quite honest. Well, because I'll I'll be here and say I I was looking at and I was debating putting Okada on the list, <laughs> but I haven't been I haven't been as hot on Okada in the trunks. No, that's fair. But if that's we fair. were if we were to do like a lifetime contributions to drip, then possibly he could win that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. 
I like that idea a lot. Yeah, I, I had I had those. I I also debated doing the uh, New Day Gears of War outfits. Yeah, I debated. Like, you know what? But I think honestly, we might have to give them a lifetime achievement. Yes. Yeah, they can get a lifetime one as well. They get a lifetime achievement, and um, so I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm going to have to give this very specifically. I'm probably a dark horse one, mm. but I will give um, Firefly Funhouse Alexa Blitz as <laughs> yeah no it's, a, as, it's an alternative pick yeah, but I like a, it yeah. that is a good as shout. as as best drip of the year. That is a the very costume good makes shout. the character yeah absolutely a, a co- for um, for a couple of reasons one. I mean, uh, golf girls, man. What can I say? <laughs> what can I now say? Now you're talking my language. <laughs> like, not not to be crude, but come on. <laughs> no, I understand exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. But I will. I do it because they had to do what they had to because the costumers for Alexa Blitz's new ring gear had to do a difficult balancing act which i think they really did mm. they had the hardest job it's not yeah, enough the, balance, to... the, balance, the balancing act is called how yeah. close to harley quinn can we get before we get sued i mean i can't argue with that but also, <laughs> i can't argue with that at all but i will say like we have to make alexa blitz recognizably alexa blissy but yeah, recognizably but mm. yeah Oh. <laughs> so I will I will give Alexa Bliss my best drip of the year for that balancing act. Fantastic choice there, Reardon, if you ask me. So mm. I have got a couple of honourable mentions that I want to bring up. I want to bring up uh, Naito's Wrestle Kingdom 14 entrance gear for the uh, yep. for Night 2 main event, which was great. Hiromu Takahashi, who is another person oh, who deserves a Lifetime yeah. Achievement Award for this. Uh, he can oh, win my 2021 award for that coat. Yes, <laughs> most likely he will as well. <laughs> so, but And of course, my final honourable mention has to go to the one, the only karate man yes karate man. <laughs> i'm sending I... my yeah. love to ethan page and to karate man <laughs> good <laughs> okay so at number three is the moat city machine guns return in tna yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's just, fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, just throw back to 2008, 2009. I'm just like, oh, oh, oh please, just inject it into my veins. Nostalgia, please. <laughs> At number two, because it popped me so hard, and I was so freaking like chuffed uh, when I saw it. Even though a lot of people didn't like it, it was Eddie Kingston's Mitsuharu Masawa gear from Full. No, gear. that's in that. That's that's totally fair. That's Coming totally out fair. in the emerald and silver. And I was just like, yes, I love you, it's, Eddie Kingston. You are the man. <laughs> it's a bold choice. I'll give him that. <laughs> but at number one, and I know we mentioned him, and I know his gear hasn't been great this year, uh, in 2020. But dear God, his entrance in that gear was phenomenal. Of course, I'm talking about Kazuchika Okada's Wrestle Kingdom yep. 14 entrance gear. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah, moly, no, it... did that guy look so baller, especially with the UV light reflecting off of the coat. And just... oh, it's... It, it is straight up a work of beauty. 
It is. <laughs> Just ah, everything about that. And it, yeah. honestly, great choices we got there. Sonada, yeah, Ricardo, like, and Alexa Bliss. Honestly, like any one of those guys we mentioned could have could have taken the but spot. You know the funny, you know the funny thing as well is I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, man, I even really think as much about fucking Sonada's entrance gear with the fucking skull and the fucking <laughs> pirate's jacket. That's drippy <laughs> as hell. Mm. Oh, again, honorable mention has to go to Shingo Tagaki in his entrance gear. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okie doke. So with that, we are going to the final, uh, <laughs> the final offbeat award, which is the Jeff Jarrett Award. <laughs> people who keep coming up in conversation and episodes for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So <clears throat> I would just like to preface this for for any of our listeners. Uh, I had developed this award, but the problem I had with it was that. The, the winner was only ever going to be Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> but I do and have... so to prevent so to prevent this, I have now made named it after Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yes. And he will basically be a lifetime winner. Yes. That is a, yeah, I would mean you be, that's would you way. laugh at the fact that I do have a free to one of the Jeff Jarrett <laughs> Award? I am now I'm intrigued. Go on. Okay, so at number three I have Vince Russo. <laughs> at number two, Hunter Hurst Helmsley. And of course, it at number one, it couldn't go to anyone else other than Double J Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Triple H could win it next year. Maybe. 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 We'll see. Maybe. Uh, so I have a three to one as well. <laughs> uh, my number three spot goes to Shane McMahon. That's true. Uh, my number two is, of course, Bro. Vince <laughs> Ruth Bro. <laughs> and my number one for the 2020 Jeff Jarrett Award is going to <laughs> Nia Jax. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay, you know what? Seeing as we're doing it this way, I'm going to do it this way. So, my number three pick for the Jeff Jarrett Award goes to Booker T. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, it's fair. Yep. It's fair. Number two will go for... Triple H, better not next year, Triple H. Triple H. <laughs> I think we're just doing this out of spite, frankly. Yeah. This but, is not a spiteful award. Please don't attack yeah, us yeah, and send us lawsuits. Yeah. Don't at us. It's just for appearing all the time. Yeah, it's just for, for appearing all the time. But my number one pick for the Jeff Jarrett Award goes to... Dave Batista. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was expecting, uh, to be fair, I was expecting more appearances from Vince, but we actually managed to keep him out of the award runnings this year. Yeah, actually. We got one Vince in there. That's more than enough. Yeah, we got one mm. in there. That's yeah. more more than enough. Okay, so yeah. that concludes the more offbeat awards that we have. Mm -hmm. We're now getting into the proper nitty-gritty, the final three awards. And we're going to start with best debut of the year. I don't have a three-to-one on this, so... No, I don't have a three-to-one either. Uh, mm. So I don't know, you know... Shall I? Uh, actually, no, I'll have Reardon start. Your best debut of the year. 
Oh, God, I really hoped that you didn't pick me for because I remember who it is. I could see him, <laughs> but I can't remember the name. NXT Woman Singer. It was great. Um, Sorry? Oh, uh, um, NXT. could you repeat that? Could you repeat that again? Oh, wait, wait. No, I know. I know what it is. Oh. I know what it is. <laughs> my, my. My um, debut is NXT's Poppy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that is an interesting one. But... That is that is an offbeat one. But you know what? I'll take it because you are right. Yeah. <laughs> Poppy actually has had quite a good year at NXT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now. She's probably she's had she's had more possibly had more appearances at takeovers than than people on to some people on their roster. <laughs> yeah. She keep she just keeps coming. And, okay, and now, while fair, she should keep appearing because she's fantastic. Listen, yeah. she, oh, she, I disagree. Yeah, she, it's perfect. And it turns out actually that I was slightly, I was off by a year. But you know what? I'm giving it to her anyway. It's our show. <laughs> now, we'll, I'll accept that one. I'll accept no, that one. She did. She did. She not appear at one this year. Apparently, yeah, she did. But apparently, the like one of the first times she did was in. No, the first time she did it was last year. Yeah, mm. which I did not she did, quite She like. did um, Io Shirai's theme for one of the takeovers and yes. performed live for it. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to count it anyway. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sam, um, do you want to do yours? Indeed, indeed. I mean, there's there's only one choice for me. I know I've brought him up many a times in these in, in these categories that we've had in the in, during these awards, but come on, there. I think there is no person that has had a better debut this year than Eddie Kingston in AEW. Um, yeah. Coming out... To uh, cutting a promo on Cody and Arn Anderson, especially when a couple of weeks back he had uh, been in GCW calling out Zack Sabre Jr., Cody, and Nick Aldis. Um, he was this year so interesting, and I'll get into it a little bit more later. He has had one of the most interesting years, and those couple yeah. of weeks were probably were so so darn interesting. For, for for Eddie Kingston and really was the start of his upward trajectory in terms of having more mainstream eyes on on him. So no, yeah. with that question, Eddie Kingston's AEW debut. No, fantastic choice, Dan. So I am going alternative as well. Nowhere near as alternative as Ridden, but. <laughs> My debut of the year is not going to a person, but a group. <gasps> oh, uh, I see where this is going. And my debut of the year is going to the Hurt Business. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All in the... terms of groups that have come in and made an impact and made a difference to the general scale and perception of what's happening the hurt business are an absolute money making machine for wwe without mm. question they have come in and taken one guy who was stuck in a dead-end storyline two guys who were just middling out in places that they know where the places they shouldn't have been in uh and one guy who 
when he came back, people were saying, oh, why have they brought him back? <laughs> and instead, they have turned it into four guys who now have the tag titles, the US title, and people have got a calling MVP, one of the most important returns of 2020. Yeah, and that's, I don't think anyone no. would have seen that this year. That is so a very good. Very when they good. brought out, when they all came out together as the Hurt Business... They had that theme going and they were doing stuff like confronting retribution when we still thought they were a credible threat. <sighs> the impact was instant and I've been so impressed with everything they've done this year. Yeah. Same, same. So, no, a blooming solid choice there for best debut of the year. Yeah, that's really good. Okie doke. Moving on to the next category. Best moment of the year. Now, uh, the preface for this is that it can be uh, moments, it could be promos, it could be, you know, celebrations, anything like that, this can go into it. It can also be, it, I, I also, you know, could preface it as it could be any sort of, like, spot as well in a match. Uh, but yeah. I've picked yeah. moments and promos mostly for, for I this was, category. It, great minds think alike. I was actually going to make sure we got that in. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke. So... Um, shall I start with this one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. So at number, I have <clears throat> I have a three to one. Starting at number three was the uh, the go home show of AEW and Eddie Kingston and John Moxley's very heated promo. <laughs> I have never ever experienced a promo that had such emotion and piss and vinegar in it, quite like these two had had. Because um, it looked like at one point Eddie Kingston was ready to kind of. I was ready to kind of murder John Moxley at one point, especially when he brought up his mother. <laughs> and man, just you no know, great. And I think it was the perfect build up, the perfect way to uh, end the go home dynamite to build up to that main event. And I think that's what made the that that um, that championship match even better was that build up yeah no absolutely and on such mm. short notice as well is what we and as, as we've brought said, up it, it, we keep we, we keep saying it but we need to make this clear he, he was brought in on the day yep for that he he got the call like that morning that he needed to do that and like hours before the show was meant to go i was going you're in the title picture now you've got to make you've got to do this against moxley and you've got a promo coming up yeah the fact he was able to do that in those like maybe four hours god damn that man is so talented mm. <laughs> okay number two might surprise you two but it is and it would have been my number one but it is tetsuya naito winning uh, the big one at Wrestle Kingdom, winning the main event and uh, and becoming yep. the undisputed IWGP champion. Um, I get that. I get that. Uh, an amazing moment, uh, a great moment, and honestly, I was really pleased when Kenta interfered and and, and got all that heel heat. I think that was a perfect. If honestly, that was a perfect way to end it. If you ask me, I yeah. know a lot of people wanted it to kind of end just with Naito on top with the confetti falling down and him holding the titles high. But man, if if anyone knows Naito, they know that he doesn't do conventional things and he always likes to go out being very different. He, uh, he doesn't take the easy route. Absolutely. So no, this would would have been number one if it, uh, this would have been number one if it weren't for if it weren't for what had happened uh, over the past couple of weeks. And number one 
is the entire Brody Lee appreciation show in December. Um, yeah. Like Wall to Wall, that was probably one of the most emotional tribute shows I have ever watched. And I've watched Eddie's um, yeah. tribute show as well. And just so many feel-good moments after feel-good moments and just full of emotion. I mean, all of those wrestlers uh, that, that were there and all of the guys that were in the Dark Order, man, that, t- that welled me up watching, you know, Colt um, crying mid-match, John Silver just breaking down after his match and that main event as well was um, the ending yeah. of that with uh, with his with Amanda and his son Brody being in the ring, and then him retiring the uh, the TNT title design um, to give to Brody was just man that had me welling up the whole time. So no, number one is the Brody Lee Appreciation Show. That's fair. Uh, Dan, your best. Yeah. So you. I was going to preface mine by saying uh, I was going to have it as my number one. But I was just wanted to keep it as a general overarching thing that honestly, the Brody Lee tribute show takes takes all on this really. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really supersedes it. So I've gone for I've kind of gone for three other ones that I'm taking as my my think of it as like more like a four to two, yeah. if you will. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Uh, so. First of them, I guess, will be the nominal four spot. It's going to be Matt Hardy's debut in AEW. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just for awesome. the kind, just for the kind of impact it had. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just for kind of what what it meant in the general scope, people going, "Oh my god!" Now Matt Hardy's in AEW, mm. and also just the moment itself. Yeah, has kind of a stark thing that just sticks in my head mm. Mm. Uh, then at the nominal free spot I've gone for Edge's return at the Rumble yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just pure emotion pure energy yep. and just the, the purest sense of like people but also himself being in a state of shock about it yeah yeah uh and then for for my for my nominal number my nominal number two spot uh i am going to go for it it, again it's a pretty general one but i'm gonna go for the firefly funhouse (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair (laughs) No, good, That's solid choices. Good, uh, solid there, choices. Dan. Reardon, your okay, best moment so, of the year. Yeah, so I will actually... This is going to shock all of you guys. <laughs> I think this is going to be the this is gonna be the round that shocks you. I'm going to put Edge's Return as my honourable mention. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Because I think it, it... Not only just because it overwhelms, but it, it's a great moment. I love it makes it i agree with everything dan says but for some reason it doesn't seem quite fair Mm. for me in terms of my other nominees yeah so this is where it gets interesting (laughs) so i'm just kind of getting it in my head yes so my number three pick is 
the Io Shirai promo for NXT TakeOver in your house, specifically the yep. water one. Oh, yeah. One of those... I love me a good promo, and that is one of the most artistic... <laughs> just beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful promo. And it's like... And, it's, it's, and you know, like, we, we always talk about, like, really well-edited, hard-pumping exceedingly like get you hyped promos which is what they're for don't get me wrong but i can't remember the last time i thought of a promo as actually honestly beautiful mm. mm -hmm. and it's stuck in my brain ever since i saw it so it gets the number three and honestly if we had just a promo category it would be my number one Oh yeah, well I know it will be my number one for best promo of the year. Mm. Number two, Jay Uso's heart-rending promo against against Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. One of them. It's the one of the most like I even and it's like it's basically a shoot promo. Yeah. And him just saying, just outright laying on the line how much it hurts for someone to say, which one are you? It's the most uncomfortable fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, it's like, it's a one where I like, actually, when I heard it, I honestly looked down from my screen and like, oh shit, I've done that. Fuck, I'm sorry, Jay. Like, <laughs> like, it, it's so good mm. that it makes you, like, uncomfortable. And it won't be the last time, I will spoil this, it won't be the last time this whole thing comes up. Ooh. But, yeah, so that will be, that's my number two. Number one goes for, very specifically... The John Cena promo just before WrestleMania for his Firefly Funhouse match. That is a good shout. That was yeah, a, that a fantastic shout. Honestly, as it is one of Cena's best promos in a very yeah, long time. Not only is it a great promo just on John Cena, just laying it all on the line, just a great, uh, just an excellent promo top to bottom. Mm. Ends with some of the creepiest editing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. With one of the best jump scares. <laughs> Just the, one, one of the one of the best moments of using the new format to its advantage. Yes. And also and honestly has greater significance as it's potentially the last John Cena promo ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. as, as of right now, we've not as seen of right Cena now, since. Hide nor tail of John Cena. So, yeah, it's a very... It, it is definitely one of more Cena's uh, iconic promos. And, yeah. and honestly, solid shout. That is a very good shout, Rudin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like, I doubt it will be the last John Cena promo. I'm sure we'll see him back. But if it is the last John Cena promo... Holy hell, what a promo to end on. Mm, yeah, I know. Without question. All right, we are down to the final three and possibly the three most important categories that we have, the big, big ones. 
So we're going to start out with uh, with breakout star of the year. This is the person who has definitely made leaps and bounds in their career and is now probably more better and more popular than they've ever been and looking to look to go on to bigger things. I'm going to start with Dan for his breakout star of the year. Yeah, so this was a really tough category for me because I had lots of people where I was thinking like, oh, well, do they do they come in? Do they not? Oh, they've been very good and they've been got a lot of attention, but they haven't necessarily achieved anything. Mm. Uh, so to give reference to some of the people I had on there, Ricky Starks, mm. Will Hobbs, Angel Garza, Dexter Loomis, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Yes. Uh, and a few others who I had on my list, but were really agonizing to end up having to take off. But at the number three spot, uh, it was kind of hard for me to separate them. So I'm going to put them together. I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go Montez Ford and Bianca Belair. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know. I That's a fair shot, honestly. They are two people who I think have had the exact same kind of sense of absolutely shooting up through and people going, no, these people have very real talent for the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and I said, and as we've been saying, I've been looking at Montez Ford. I think he's a future single star in wrestling. Period, not just WWE. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got so much talent, so much athleticism that's going to carry him so well without going into the future. And for Bianca Belair, I think that women's division is just her oyster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she is coming out of her shell, and she is about to be ready to be a, a really big major player in that division <clears throat> i know we probably won't get something like it but i'd love to see something like a long multiple year feud develop with sasha banks oh yeah mm-hmm. something like that i think she can work great programs with anyone on that roster really mm-hmm. um and she's just been so impressive this year even with the move up to main roster from nxt uh, and how that's balanced into everything regarding COVID. Honestly, I think massive props to her and to Montez Ford for the leaps and bounds they've made this year. That's fair. Uh, <clears throat> for my number two for breakout star of the year, this was, again, another position I kind of bandied around with and wasn't sure. And, uh, again, maybe a little alternative. I'm going to go for Thunder Rosa. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, in terms of going from relative obscurity in the NWA and working with and largely only being known as a US slash Mexican import to the Joshi world, Mm. the absolute leaps and bounds that she's brought in terms of exposure in AEW, what she's brought to the AEW women's division in terms of legitimacy um, and really shoring up uh, what they have there, uh, to then bringing eyes to the NWA, yeah, and bringing eyes to its women's division and having uh, their women's title feature very prominently mm-hmm. um, on AEW TV, 
and having NWA title matches appearing on Dynamite. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's been so amazing uh, what she's gotten from this year, and again, she'll just keep going further and further and further and building that stock even higher. Mm. Future AEW Women's Champion, I think that's with little debate. Yeah. Mm. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for my number one. I honestly feel like there was only really one person I could pick. <laughs> and I, I will say there was one person who came <clears throat> who came very close to this, but I didn't include them for a kind of specific reason, which is that they were a person who <clears throat> I think has always been very good, but had their singles break out. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> uh and I'm pretty sure you all know who I'm talking about there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But my number, my number one for breakout of the year, as much as I hate to call him a breakout, is Eddie Kingston. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. The absolute strides he has made in his time in AEW. I mean, he's only been there since what July. Yep. Um the eyes that he has brought to it, the amount of people who I now see going, oh my God, this Eddie Kingston guy is amazing. Mm. Uh, as much as, you know, he was always, he was always kind of known as the perennial underground guy. He was like, oh, if you know your indie stuff, you'll know Eddie Kingston. But now mm. so many more people know who Eddie Kingston is and I'm so much happier for it. Absolutely. No, I agree with you <laughs> on that one. You know full well I and, agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know in ter in terms of what we're talking about for you know just how how he how he's approached this and you know but he was saying before he joined AEW he was one inch away from quitting wrestling entirely yeah for him to get given the stage that he was given by Cody and say you get you can have he's like I just want one appearance to go for it to get the reception that he got to going into a title match on like four hours notice to just being able to be one of the most consistent workers on the mic. And that's even, that's even without talking about any of his in-ring work. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's honestly just been so impressive this year as much as I hate to call him a breakout star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, no, I, I, I see where you're coming from on that one. So, yeah, like, props to him and being able to do that. No, a good decision. Good choice on that one, for sure. Um, Rydon, would you like to go next, or would you like me to? Yeah, no, I, I please, if I, if I may. Absolutely, go for it. My breakout star, it's like, it's similar to um Dan's explanation on it's weird calling him a breakout star, mm. but I really really feel it applicable in this case yeah and i would say my breakout star for me is tribal chief roman reigns i really <laughs> did you know what no yeah no Rutor, i think that's entirely fair Rutor, that is a very that is a that is a good choice because i think you know a lot of people now have warmed up to roman reigns a lot more i was fully on the roman reigns hate train fully <laughs> I, I i put my hand up and it and seeing him his heel work it's like it's almost insane yeah it's like night and day it's so good mm. <clears throat> yeah no no i totally get what you mean just 
every single thing about it. His entire feud with with Jay Uso, where I'm basically watching, I'm basically watching the most beefiest episode of EastEnders in history. <laughs> it's accurate. <laughs> no, solid, a solid choice there with that question, Raiden. I um, have, I, I have to give him the nod. I have to, because <laughs> no one else will. God damn it, in their awards ceremony. <laughs> no, no one else will. I'll be that guy. <laughs> okay, so. I'm gonna. I I do a three to one, but I was really, really struggling with the third spot, and I was flip flopping yeah. between these two wrestlers. But I'm gonna give an honourable mention and a fourth place, I should say, to Ricky Starks. He has had a bumpy yeah. year. <clears throat> I have been a massive fan of his since his uh, since watching him in NWA Power. So, so to see him debut in in Dynamite was was great, and he's been going from strength to strength, and I think. Pairing up with Taz has actually been kind of a blessing for him because it's not it's not hindered him in terms of his promo work because uh, and his charisma because he's got that uh, he's got that up the yin yang and he's proven yeah. he's got that up the yin yang when he's on commentary especially. <laughs> so no fourth place goes to Ricky Starks. Third place might be a weird choice because I know he is such a, an established name in the UK indie scene, but third place goes to Chris Brooks purely for his work. Yeah. And how not only have they embraced him, but he has become so damn popular in Japan. Um, yeah, he, no, that's a, that's actually a really, really good shout. He is he has done phenomenal work in DDT Pro. Uh, not only in comics uh, as well, but DDT he is Universal Champion, the first and yeah, the first. now still longest reigning, I think, Universal. Yes, Champion. I believe so still. But no, Chris Brooks, I've been a massive fan of his since, oh gosh, 2016. Um, it's like watching him from like Rev Pro to then going to Fight Club Pro and then Progress. No, I've been so happy to see Chris Brooks go leaps and bounds uh, during his excursion to Japan. And good choice on him for staying in Japan during yeah, no, uh, definitely. 2020, for sure. Number two, man... I swear to God, this man has no right having a good year as good as he had, and that's Orange Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, no, that man no, has no right having a good year. <laughs> no, honest, honestly, that's that's actually really valid. That's actually really valid. From having a phenomenal match against Pack at Revolution to start the year off, to then having a good rivalry of, and I'm going to say it, he carried Chris Jericho during their rivalry. Wow, holy, I'm, I'm sorry, this woke me up. What is going on? <laughs> I'm going to say it. Chris Jericho was being carried by Orange Cassidy during their rivalry. I'm going to say it. Even though like, you know how much I love Jericho as an in-ring competitor, but that man was being carried by Orange Cassidy at that time. To then having just great moment after great moment backstage, uh, and just like, remember the time he fell asleep on the commentary booth? Like, yep. th again, this man has... Uh, I'm so glad that he got a contract with AEW and it got to show off just how good... And how silly, com or how at its best, how silly comedy wrestling can be, <laughs> and how much that keeps Jim Cornette up at night. Uh, <laughs> oh, it keeps him up at night, don't it? <laughs> so indeed. So for number he can one, stay awake. It's a very, it's a very maybe offbeat choice because maybe he is so much well known in the indie scene. But I feel again, this man has had great match after great match after great match, and I feel he needs to get you know, some some recognition and eyes on him, and that's Lee Moriarty. 
Yeah, he's had yeah, yeah, yeah. Some great matches. The collective weekend in particular, his matches against Daniel Macabe and Jonathan Gresham were outstanding matches. And Tiger Driver are probably going to kill me because, of course, I'm mentioning Lee Moriarty, but still. <laughs> yeah. But no, props to him for, for such a horrid year that it's been for wrestling and for independent wrestling, especially. He managed to craft out and, and make good use of his time by having great matches for each time he was booked, uh, for every promotion he was booked in. Now, so, number one, Lee Moriarty. So, penultimate award, best tag team of the year. Okie doke, we are going to go... Shall I start this, this gonna one This going to be off? interesting. You can start this one. Mm. So, you're going to be surprised with who I choose as number one. Okay. Um, but for an honourable mention at number three... Uh, I want to give it to the Medusa Complex of Charlie Evans and Millie McKenzie because they uh, yep. they started yep. off in 2019 um, kind of with a massive bang um, and then it looked like 2020 they were going to absolutely reign supreme over the British indie scene um, but of course uh, COVID had happened and um, uh, with everything that had happened at Speaking Out as well I think those two are extremely brave for coming out with how they did but it's not about yep. that those two have I have never seen a uh, for a while a female tag team that has chemistry as good as they do and an in-ring presence that screams these two are absolute stars and it's crazy that Minnie McKenzie is still only 20 years old and is just still tearing it up in, in wrestling i really hope for the, i really hope Dude, for 2021. Big, big prospect big prospect for 2021 i really hope that charlie and millie really do kind of make waves i just hope with wrestling gets back to some sort of semblance uh, of normalcy yeah those two absolutely tear it up in, in in the brit indie scene and indeed in japan as well i hope they get a chance in japan for sure special shout oh, out they, to de- they definitely will Shout out to Eddie Kingston for wearing a Medusa Complex shirt during a promo at Dynamite. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, at number two, we have Nautilus. The team of yep. uh, Naomi Yoshimura and Yuki Ueno have been so, so damn good. They have had amazing match after amazing match after amazing <clears throat> match. Um, you totally agree with you there. Uh, the November, the, the tag team match they had against, I think it was Higuchi and Sakaguchi. Yeah. It is on YouTube. Go out. It is without question one of the best damn tag team matches of 2020. They, oh, just, ah, man, just hooked that one to my veins uh, without question. They would have been number one if it weren't for the fact that I remember that these, these guys put on two of the greatest uh, of the greatest tag team matches in America, and that's the Young Bucks. Um, oh, now here's the thing. Went out. He swung that way. I swung that way because you can't deny that they put on two of the great matches against Hamming Page and Mega and FTR. And I will agree with most people that that sometimes, well, I'd say ninety percent of the time, they overbook things way too much in the tag team division and with their own tag matches matt and nick are are guilty of doing that all the time but uh when they actually you know calm down and set their minds to to actually having a crafting matches they have some pretty damn awesome matches and the the matches they had with hangman and omega and ftr were proof of that 
Um, I really hope for 2021 that they can calm down a bit more. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think they don't need to constantly be, as I say, on the case uh, or having a severe case of PWG-itis. They, yeah. they they don't have to constantly, you know, be on that mode that they're in Reseda, California all the time. Because, uh, when, they, as I said, when they put their mind to it, they can put on some amazing matches. So my hope for the Bucks is for 2021, keep going with what you did in those two matches, and I think you'll be rocking. And I think you'll win a lot more people over, mm. uh, for sure. I can get that. Um, <clears throat> that's why they're number one anyway. So, Dan... Your best tag team of the year. Yeah, this was a difficult one. So to to name the two the two honourable mentions, I want to give first off a shout out to the Golden Role Models. Oh, yes. Because they were pretty fantastic this year <laughs> and pretty much held up the women's tag team division after, yeah. uh, after <laughs> the Iconics, unfortunately, ended up in what a weird situation they're in. Yeah. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, best friends, not the AEW one, Ooh. but the Joshi pair. Yes, Reese Nakajima and Sukaba Fujimoto. Yeah, been absolutely fantastic. And even though, in terms of results, it hasn't been the best year for them, mm. I would still argue they've been fantastically consistent and one of the best tag teams in Joshi right now. Yes, yes. Uh, but for my number three pick. I'm going to go for The Foundation. Oh. Uh, Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal. There's also the other pairing as well with Matt Taven. Um, I think they've been fantastic in terms of this year in holding down Ring of Honor's tag division. Yes. Uh, and keeping it stable at a time when obviously everything is very unstable and very volatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the work that they have done with those tag titles and the way that they've carried and represented them as they've competed independently mm. uh, has been fantastic. And I think the the foundation, both as a wrestling stable and just the way that they're selling it as a concept is going from strength to strength. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now with them bringing uh, another person in as well, uh, with Jonathan Gresham having the pure title as well. I think it's just so impressive what they've been able to do. Yeah. And straight up have to give them all the props that I can. Mm. Uh, so in my number two spot, uh, one that's probably going to be pretty controversial with the per- with the pe- in comparison to the people who put in number one, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going for FTR. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I know people might put the young bucks there. Yeah, but for me, FTR are pretty much the essence of the modern American tag team, and they—I think—they are the archetype on which all others should be built. Yes, I can agree with that. I think they are for anyone who is working as a tag team. They would be the ones who I would say study what they do yeah they have been <clears throat> absolutely fantastic they have put themselves on show and i think they have re-shown to an american audience who have been quite disillusioned off the wwe what a tag team can be and what a tag team can do mm. but 
we're here for number one. <laughs> and I know that my number one is probably going to cause some controversy. Here we go. Here we go. It's going to get accusations of personal bias. <laughs> and it's going to get accusations of me overblowing them. But my number one tag team for 2020 is Dangerous Techers. <laughs> you know what? You're, you, you know you're right that you're going to get those um get those accusations, but I can't blame you. Can't blame no, I I can't blame you one bit. They have been honestly in a in a weird year for New Japan booking. They've been standouts for the tag division. ZSJ and Taichi have locked down that tag division. They have kept everything stable running amazingly kept eyes on it consistently performed and consistently made stars out of themselves through the tag matches yeah yeah you know i'm it's had everyone looking at 2021 and going this could be zack saber's singles year yeah people are looking at taichi and going He's a legitimate contender for the never open weight title. Mm. You know, what they have done in terms of keeping everything stable, keeping everything going, but also building themselves, the rest of the tag division they're working around, the rest of the members in Suzuki Gun as well. Y- yes. Yes. That. I think mm. that they've been so. I think they've been so fantastic in that as well. And I. For me, I know a lot of people will say, honestly, even in the realm of New Japan, maybe they're not a number one tag team. But honestly, for me, with what they've done in this weird year that we've had, I I feel I feel confident in giving them my number one spot. Mm. Yeah, no, agreed. I I agree (laughs) with you on that one for those reasons. Um, yeah, Reardon, your tag team of the year. Okay. This is a boring pick, <laughs> but in a year, like this is the year where I really started to goddamn pay attention. Thanks to you guys, actually. <laughs> so I will say, yeah, my tag team goes to Imperium. Is that a cheat? Maybe, but I don't think so. No, you know what? I, I you know, I, 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 I can, I can see where you're coming from on that one. I think Bartel and and Eichner have. I've I've really put on some decent matches for the tag division in NXT. Um, yeah. I, oh god, they always and they always show up. Like they don't half ass it. They always show up and and and, and uh, mean business when they when they come into full sale. So no, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from definitely on that one. Really. Yeah. It's just I can't ignore them in all good conscience. <laughs> so yeah, I will give it. I have to give it to them. No, for be just so impressive, man. Fr- I mean, there you go. Like the three tag teams: Young Bucks, Dangerous Techers, and people. We are going to be so kind of like uh, chewed out, chewed up, and spat out, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. I know we will be. Like I said, I knew it from the moment that I looked at that, and well, I knew it from the moment I didn't include the Young Bucks on the list. So <laughs> all I'll say is this: Joseph Montecilio is going to probably. Uh, uh, he's probably going to have a go at me for not even making Nautilus number one. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, Joseph. Please forgive me. It anyway, comes with the territory. It does. It does. Anyway, let us get on to the final one. And the most important one. The best 
wrestler of the year. Now I've got a top five because I really didn't want to bring it down to three um, for this one because all five really have had some stellar years. I don't know if you guys have done the same. Um, uh, I am a top. I am a top three. But mm. uh, I I will I won't waffle on too long with mine. Um, but I should we start with. Let's start with Reardon, your best wrestler of the year 2020. Jesus Christ. What a year to give this award to. <coughs> oh, God, I have to really think. I... Again, I will be a little bit cheeky. <laughs> because this is kind of almost a, um, a, prelimin- a preliminary awarding. <laughs> but I have to do, I'm going to give it because I'm going to give it out of hope and because I won he was great this entire year he was consistent he didn't have to, I would say he wasn't stand out but he was just so damn consistent that I have to hope that this might be finally the year where he gets his push and I'm going to give my wrestler of the year to Big E. You know what? A very solid choice. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you on that one because I think Big E, if minus his, like, the split from the New Day, Big E has come mm. leaps and bounds. Um, yeah, no, yeah. honestly. Wrestling. And definitely deserves to have more praise put upon him for the great year he had. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a one where you want to think about it. You kind of realize, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I, I said I can't, I can't really dispute it. Mm. No, same, same. So, no, great choice there. Great choice there, Reading. Dan, you're free through to one, sir. Uh, Okay, so the the free spot was really difficult because I had a bunch of people that I could. I could have been using across the whole uh, breadth of the wrestling world. And I wasn't sure whether or not going with this person was necessarily the the best one to go for, but it was the one I felt the most confident. So I'm actually going to give my number three spot to Bailey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think in terms of maintaining and being an active presence in the WWE women's division. She's been incredibly solid. Uh, she's had a, she had a strong singles run, uh, fantastic, uh, feud with Sasha Banks, even if it was maybe a little bit on the long winded side. Uh, but then also the, the tag title run as well. And she's just continued the momentum, built her stock and gone even further. Mm. I had so many, uh, I had a, I had a uh, whole collection of names from like Stardom and everything mm. uh, in amongst that, and even and some other names around there. Uh, my number two spot is going to really be my complete surprise one. It's going to catch you out of nowhere, although it won't be if you know me, which you guys do. My mm. number two pick is going to Jonathan Gresham. Yes. <laughs> Career year. Career year. Yeah. For, 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 like mm. it's in. There's there's not a whole lot to say really, other mm. than he has just been fantastic this year on all levels. Yeah, uh, that's going from uh, like doing shows for GCW for the culture. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
again, matches with uh, Lee Moriarty. Yeah. They had uh, going into Ring of Honor, the Pure Tournament, the Foundation, mm. uh, holding the tag titles with Jay Lethal. Um, and also just how he, how much he's built his stock outside of wrestling, yes. how he has become so much of a personality in the general wrestling world now. Yep. You know, the, you know, and the, how he's helped move on the foundation and how he's really taken that into building up everyone he ever used to work with, uh, you know, how he's helped how he's helped out with feeding into Chris Brooks in Japan mm. and everything like that. I've, I've just been so impressed with him this year. Yeah. And it just felt like everywhere I was in following stuff in wrestling in 2020, Jonathan Gresham was always very close behind. Mm. <laughs> but my, my number one wrestler of the year, and I know lots of people might call it a pretty basic pick. <laughs> uh, you know, they might see it as an easy option, but I think for what he's done this year, I have to go John Moxley. Yeah. That's a fair From starting in, starting off the year in New Japan, having that match with Minoru Suzuki, <clears throat> uh, holding the IWGP US title, going into AEW, and holding a title for as long as he did in the situation we've been in mm. having to work and hold a title with with no fans around you to give you any feedback or to give you anything active to go off yeah i think what he's done has been frankly incredible yeah. put he it is- to his put it put it this way if none of us had picked him I would have asked why none of us picked him. Yeah. No, that's the thing is like I, I, I genuinely cannot think of a good reason not to put him in contention. Yeah, because mm. every time I think back to it, and I think, yeah, okay, well maybe he wasn't. Uh, some people said oh, he wasn't the most consistent worker, or he wasn't the greatest booked. But then I think about it, and I'm like, well, he's working in a confined, a very distinctly confined situation. And okay, yes, we can talk about the issue of like, IWGP US title, mm. where it. <clears throat> where it's kind of always playing second fiddle and people had to be reminded of the fact that he had it. Yeah. But like, we're looking at a guy who's managed a, if anything, he's built the stock of the AEW title while in this pandemic situation. Yeah. 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 I think that's frankly insane to yes. think about. <laughs> yeah, it is. So he, he can, he can only get my, my number one spot. No. Uh, fantastic choice there, Dan, without question. So, with mine, as I said, I've got a top five. I'll try and be as quick as humanly possible with uh, stating my reasons as to why I put people where I put them. So, at number five, we have Eddie Kingston. From a guy that went from near retirement to now being one of the most talked-about names in professional wrestling, I could not, as a fan of his for so long, I could not be any more prouder uh, of Eddie Kingston. Uh, and the way he's of his career momentum in the year 2020. I really hope for 2021, it only goes more up for Eddie Kingston, for sure. Number four, Jonathan Gresham, for all of the exact same reasons that Dan just pointed out. And this is coming from a man who only had 16 matches this year. That's wow. crazy. 
<laughs> Number three, third place is Minoru Suzuki. That man yeah. had fantastic mm. match after fantastic match after fantastic match in a year that has been so, so weird and all over the place. The man, I think the one true consistent that we had in wrestling was Minoru Suzuki still being Minoru Suzuki. Um, he had such a banner year, uh, and I think one of the best years he's ever had in his entire career in 2020, and that's saying something <laughs> for, what, for what 2020 was. Number two, and I was really flip-flopping between these two, um, but eventually I came to at second place, John Moxley. Again, yep. for the exact same reasons Dad just put out, and as well as being the sole person to carry US wrestling on his back. Solely the person to carry US wrestling on his back. <laughs> and that has been insane. And again, it's insanely impressive that how he's managed to be an incredibly engaging champion in an era where there's no one in in the arenas or there's no crowd there. Incredibly yeah. impressive. But a number one for a man who has taken a, a supposed mid-card title and gave it so much more stock and importance. And for a man who should not have had... It was insane and quite frankly frightening that he had great match after great match after great match, which nearing four to five stars. It's Shingo Tagaki. Yeah. No, I mean, again, in terms of career years... Shingo has had a phenomenal year and a lot of the, I mean there's his match with show was incredible but the trilogy of matches he had against Minoru Suzuki are that is the new Japan I love and I I will always hold in high regard in such a weird year for new Japan Shingo versus Suzuki has been such a standout and Man, I really, really hope that Ghetto knows how good a wrestler he's got in Shingo. <laughs> I really hope he does because that man, that man needs to be in the main event picture sooner rather than later. <clears throat> oh, special shout outs as well go to Keith Lee because Keith Lee. Yes. <laughs> because Keith Lee. We, I, would hap I am happy to give the Keith Lee award to Keith Lee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And thus, with all of that said and done, ends our longest episode to date. Thoughts, feelings. Yeah, but to be fair, it was going to happen with that starting new segment, though. Exactly. <laughs> so it was destined from the start. Thoughts and feelings on who we picked in these awards. You know, I think we've actually got a pretty solid list here, boys, but no one's going to like it. <laughs> Oh, I know. Like people, someone's gonna come to me and go, "Oh my God, you didn't put Drew McIntyre on the list." Bailey at the free spot. I can think of nineteen thousand other um, Joshi wrestlers who are better than Bailey. Yeah, but here's the um, thing. But here's the thing, listeners. If you feel this way, make your own list. Exactly. Yeah. This is our. This is. You came here for our opinions, and these are our opinions. Yes. And further, I think we get a mulligan because again, it was twenty twenty. Come <laughs> on. Please, please do give us the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> as right. much as I'd love to give every single award to just John Morrison, like, I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I was going to give every award to Eddie Kingston because I think he thoroughly deserved getting every award in 2020, but I had to have my bias hat on. I had to be calm. I had to remain 
on the fence and just as as, as impartial as possible, I still would have given every award to Eddie Kingston, though. <laughs> yeah, except for Drip of the Year. That had to go to Sonata for me. There was basically no debate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, Dan, next episode, who do we... Uh, who, who are we talking about? I have a feeling... I kind of know who we're talking about in our next episode. Yeah. Uh, next episode, we will be talking about Bautista. Ah, oh. starting <laughs> this year, right? And in style, and just in time for Dave's birthday as well. I know it's so perfectly thematic. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we planned it <laughs> <laughs> almost totally didn't almost. Um, almost. but but no i'm very excited for that episode for sure and i know we've talked about dave a lot so that one's going to be a very much of a marking out podcast for sure yeah it will be yeah, yeah. but all that's remains for me to say is i've been sam this has been reardon and dan and you have been listening to the waggies 2020 <laughs> <laughs> we will happy see- new year we will see you all on the next one bye everybody bye we still got second <laughs> 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 <laughs>